have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum! Astral Radio Z is a horror, cult, exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host, Derek Terry. Welcome to another episode of Astro Radio Z here. Obviously, I'm Derek. I'm here with my bud, Eric. Um, If there's anybody that I know that's a a bigger shot on video fan than I am, it's Eric. (laughs) He has... Listeners that are have been a part of my Patreon may know I've actually talked about you in the past on my Patreon page going into your VHS dungeon. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And um, so... When I thought, when I came back to doing Astro Radio Z, which we've only done one episode so far, um, one of the series that uh, the listeners used to really like was the Shot on Video series I used to do with Mark. And when I decided to revamp this and start doing some new stuff, um, I wanted to continue on with the Shot on Video films because it's such a deep dive. There's so much out there and so much that I haven't seen myself, and I genuinely love the genre, yeah. the only person I could possibly think of that knew that could take me down that rabbit hole was you, Eric. So uh, right. thanks for coming on. Hey, um, no how problem. about you? Uh, you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Because not only sure. are you a rabid VHS collector <laughs> and uh, shot on video fan, but you're also a musician with tons of bands. And stuff. So why don't you give the, the listeners a little primer on who you are? Sure. Um, well, uh, so I'm Eric Stingline and, uh, I've, uh, you know, been a collector of movies. Well, probably about 15 years. I really hardcore into collecting all kinds of films, but I've been loving horror and, and all that stuff since I was, you know, nine or 10 years old. We're talking late eighties at this point. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, as far as the shot on video stuff, I remember being pretty, pretty, you know, early on seeing like, uh, you know, Woodchipper Massacre and, and all that stuff and being like, oh, what the hell? I got to see more of this crap, you know? When you first rented a, a shot on video film, did you feel the bait and switch or were you to totally into one. it? What was the first one I ever rented? You know, I'm trying to think. It, it may have been, it may have been Cannibal Campout. I don't think my town video store had 555, but for some reason, or was it, it might've been Woodchipper. See, mine was always, uh, Truth or Dare or Critical Madness, even though that's not shot on yeah. video, yeah. but it's they, the same idea. It's yeah. the same idea, you know. There, whereas you know the small, uh, independent film producer that end up going on to making shot on video stuff because it was cheap, right? And they would right. just push their stuff into mom and pop video stores, right? You know, my town, my town um, had a Hollywood Video, not the chain. It was actually just a store called Hollywood Video, and it was early '90s, and they were only there like three years, you know, because the mom and pop shops closing out pretty much mid 90s in my little town for whatever reason amazingly they couldn't they couldn't sustain this shop but yeah i remember i remember you know aside from the staples you know I, i'm pretty sure they had a, at least woodshipper massacre i'm like 99 percent sure if not for sure by the early 2000s you know i had seen just the, just the very tip of the iceberg staples oh, sure. and then the last six seven years 
I just kind of started like, you know, I mean, I've been playing music for, uh, I don't know, 25, almost 30 years, you know, playing, you know, guitar and drums and, and, uh, in different bands. And, and I was really, really into music for like 15 years. And that's where all my money and attention went to buying musical gear, collecting music gear, you know, uh, you know, using money to fund bands and things like that. And then like in the last seven years, it kind of turned around to where where my band, my main band, which is Northless, um, kind of became self-sufficient like we were you know we were just taking enough money in from shows and record sales and all that stuff to like where i didn't have to put money in anymore and so and i stopped collecting music gear because i kind of found what i like yeah sure sure and i said I, I can't keep selling you shit off and trading already, anymore. Yeah. yeah i had the sound i'm like screw it you know i've had i've had all the stuff i would want so so what's next oh you know i i and i've always watched movies kind of non-stop through this whole time but now i'm like well why don't I collect movies? I never really, I mean, I had a small collection always. And what was your collection uh, like back in the day? You know, I always started, I started with the basic staples. So it was like the Friday the 13th. The Evil Deads. The, the, the Evil Deads. The, the, the Freddies and all, yeah, 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 yeah. all that stuff. And a few like other like, you know, random ones like uh, Return of the Living Dead. And oh yeah. Madman and um, Slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like there's some, so not even like really like too much below the surface, but the stuff that I remember renting as a kid. Yeah, that you could find. Yeah. You could easily pick up. Yeah, yeah, I always had like, I had probably like 40 tapes and then like, you know, and then like early 2000s, I felt into like most people buying dvds and then it was like oh i want this you know this rare dvd of cannibal holocaust or i want you know i want the super gory version of robocop with the extra minute of uh that guy getting shot by a 209 yeah, in the beginning yeah. you know what i mean yeah, so yeah, yeah. so i always had that stuff and and then within the last six seven years i'm like i kind of like my friend um my friend gabe who was a filmmaker actually um he had brought over uh woodchipper massacre to watch it one of our bad movie nights and i was like man i remember loving all this stuff so much yeah and i need to like really get back into like and really dig deeper into all this stuff beyond you know what i could you know what i could remember so then it was i'm gonna start like really heavily collecting all the horror i didn't have in the 80s that i could find and that i would want and i might as well you know because at the time tapes were still cheap you know six it was years right ago. before the big boom that just yeah you know came about essentially like five years ago exactly like tapes were starting to go up a little in price but you could still get like good stuff for like five bucks or like ten oh, bucks sure. or you know what i mean like i need well, you could still go in the wild and actually find these tapes oh yeah absolutely before everybody caught wind of it yeah. on ebay and started selling them for astronomical where you're you're spending which we can talk about if you oh, really God. want to talk about six hundred plus on dollars about for quadits. Oh well, I sold I sold mine for two thousand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, which I'm not. I mean, I actually do regret selling it, but hey, I, I wanted a new drum set, and I looked at my shelf and I said, "Massacre Video has re-released this movie umpteenth." million times it's on three different vhs formats it's got at least two dvd releases yeah do i need this original sitting here on my shelf when i could make some money off of it and then when the two thousand dollars came to me on ebay i'm like hell no take it yeah. you know like two thousand dollars for one tape for one that's tape. an easy decision. yeah oh it was it was it was it was not easy to put it in the mailbox and send it away and i miss it to this day but at the same time it is what it is you can always get them back it's on it's on the internet now i have other copies of it i'm good you know, so, you know, and it's not even my favorite shot in video flick. It's, 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 it's one that I've discovered in the last seven years. Well, it's one of the notorious ones totally. now, mostly just because people have built it up to being notorious. Exactly. I had heard about, um, um, uh, Chester's other film, um, Black, Black Devil, Devil Doll, Doll for years. And then there was that late 
90s uh, movie that was essentially a remake of it. And I can't remember. It was like a oh, urban... the Black Devil doll. Yes, the Black Devil doll. I, I believe it was in the. It was like the mid to late two thousands. Was it that I think new? it was a okay. Canadian production. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I just remember like seeing that and being like, "Oh, yeah, this is like Black Devil doll, but like it's a newer redid version." Like they did a black exploitation version of yeah, it. Like it's almost it like a yes. black dynamite send up of it. Exactly. Yeah. And I watched that, and I was like, "Wow!" So I need to go track down this original one. Because obviously my my small town video store didn't even though the, even though they're from Chicago yeah um, and that's where they made the movies and distributed it that never made it to my area video store um, and so so I went finally back in the last six seven years and tracked as many of these movies down as I could and you know amassed a pretty decent collection you know you're being humble <laughs> you're being very humble about this I mean compared to compared to like my heroes of the of the VHS uh message boards and uh and Facebook pages yeah, who have yeah, yeah. you know I mean uh you know I'll give a shout out to my friend Ross Snyder um who uh who's, who's who releases a lot of movies and 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 uh has the most insane collection of shot and video and horror films I think I've ever seen um but like you know guys like him I don't think i'll ever be that level and that's fine right, because right, right. because i'm not as aggressive about it um i don't have the connections to the horror scene that a lot of these guys do you know a lot of these guys know these directors have known them for years sure can go up and be like hey do you got a copy of uh hell on earth 2 in your basement somewhere and, and a do. lot of them do yeah like yeah i got absolutely a whole, i got a whole i got a whole you know storage unit full of them yeah come grab one you know and then you get it for five bucks or something as opposed to the asshole like me who lives in the middle of nowhere who has to like be at the behest of these other guys yes and i basically had to like go on ebay and be like oh you know i'm gonna wait until one pops up and then i gotta fight 20 other fucking weirdos and or there's a there's some random store in pittsburgh or some random store right. in like mississippi that's going out that gets posted to these boards and everybody just like there's flocks there yeah or it's already been cleared out by some of the guys whose names i won't mention that go around the united states and have bought out the video stores through the years and some of them are people that i have bought from in the past mm -hmm. and, and i and i get their game and i appreciate that they have the kind of life where they can sort of like you know have a bohemian sort of life and and wander around and just do those sorts of things whereas i you know i'm a little bit more of a homebody and have a full-time job and We're a house normal and dudes normal dudes and so so for me it's like do i want to own the original sure i do yeah do i want to fork out my mortgage payment to get the stuff no, no. i don't and no. i won't and you know that's why youtube has been a blessing and uh you know a blessing's a bad word youtube has been great i'm, I'm an atheist so so, uh, so, so am i so so <laughs> blessing's the wrong word youtube has been very helpful and, and a good resource uh and you know as has like you know uh well other sites on on the internet where you can obtain films uh who's, well also i think um shutter's been an amazing resource shutter as well really because they've been, been uploaded i mean cards of death is on yep. shutter B movie TV is another one that I've seen. Like, like I'll just run B movie TV on my uh, Hulu all day, or who um, my Roku all day. And like the first, well, the first time I ever turned that app on, this awesome movie called Game of Survival was oh, playing. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's a radon. It's a radon movie, and I was like. I had seen Game of Survival, but I'm like, I can't believe this is like playing right now. And then, and of course, next is some Brian Bosworth, you know, abortion from the late nineties. I'm like, so it's not stone cold. Am I going to watch this? Yes. Nope. Is it one of be the other good? ones, the right. various other ones. No, it's, yeah. one, it's one where he's on a train or something, you yeah. know, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like fighting terrorists. I'm like, do I care about a Brian Bosworth movie that isn't stone cold? Probably not. Am I still going to watch it? Cause I'm bored on a Sunday afternoon fuck yeah most likely and gonna be like well that was pointless next <laughs> you know, like, you know. I, I love that station that's a great station yeah. that, i mean there are still avenues obviously back in the day when we first 
came about with this, as you had said, it was going to video stores. Yeah. And when you say, you know, going to directors and they'll still have copies because these dudes used to go store to store to store to store and, and sell them. Yeah. So, of course, they still have copies of this shit Absolutely. sitting in their basement. I have a great example of that, too. Um, so... Uh, Joel Wincoop, who I'm sure you, yep. you know. Oh, so, absolutely. So Tim had, Ritter fame. Yeah, yeah. So he had a movie called Lost Faith yes. where he's like a main the character. Guy, the Kung right? Fu guy. Yes. And I And for years, that was like a holy grail of people because it wasn't out there. So yeah. one day, I saw him on Facebook and I randomly messaged him and I was like, hey, do you by chance have any copies of Lost Faith left? And he's like, oh, yeah, I've got like, you know, 20 copies left on tape. And, you know, like I've got, I also got a DVD that I, I made, but no one ever wanted it like from like 15 years ago. And I'm like, can I buy one of each and he's like oh absolutely you know give me 25 bucks and i'll ship them right to you i'm like sold and then after that and then after that someone saw hey where'd you get that lost faith and then all of a sudden all his copies were mysteriously bought by uh, a party that show remained nameless and then resold for 200 bucks a piece then joel caught wind of this yep. and then started actually putting out somebody he must have worked out a deal with somebody and yep. repackaged it and then put lost faith out legitimate yep and then stopped returning my messages uh asking because you originally said yeah i'll sell you a twisted illusions original too i've got one in my in my storage space great perfect then all of a sudden a week a week later oh yeah you know i don't have any more left it turns out uh, or i'm sure that same mm -hmm. guy yeah, yeah yeah so you know that's unfortunately the, the the collector's market we live in it's cutthroat you know it's it's almost worse than like classic cars or like any of that like you know like toy collecting and all that shit like it's where shady as fuck shady as fuck it's just people like really you know just underhandedly trying to like get ahead of the next guy and we're talking about fucking vhs tapes here. Movies. movies movies that movies probably what like two percent of the horror audience which is already a percentage of the overall movie yeah, viewing absolutely. audience care about. Right. No, that's exactly it. And and that's the thing that's that's just so fucked up to me. Because it's like you talk about shot on video movies, and most times people that are like horror are like, I hate that crap. Right. Or they're like, you know, I've seen, okay, yeah, I've seen 555. Five, five, I laughed for like 10 minutes and I turned it off. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's absolutely. like most people. Or I've seen totally. video violence, hilarious, you know, whatever. But But, you know, they're not like reading like like you know and i'm just gonna i'm gonna plug this book because it deserves it there's a book i just got uh called analog nightmares uh that richard mogg uh wrote and uh released uh, i don't know a few months ago it's yeah. on amazon and holy shit is this book awesome it's, it's like an encyclopedia of shot on video horror films it's just shot on video horror movies from 82 to 95 and i've been reading this thing and and I have probably about 60% of the movies that are in it, but in some form, but there's like 40 other percent of movies that I'm like, wow, I've never heard of this. Yes. I've never seen this. And, you know, like, um, we talked about the emeritus, uh, flicks, that Canadian exploitation, yes. yep, yep. that the guy that just released those, like, I, you know, I knew that they had put out like some movies, you know, like there's a movie called, uh, tower. That's kind of well known, uh, as far as that goes. And there's a couple other ones that were kind of, I'm trying to think like uh, Greedy Terror, which is that shock chamber movie. Yep. I'm pretty sure is that production too. But then apparently the guy made 33 movies in like three years. Like literally he was. That's insane. Yeah. Like about. literally like, so I've got nine or 10 of them that I, you know, dug hard to find. I'm missing. I can't fathom that I'm missing 23 more of these films. You know what I mean? Right. And, and like what, I, like, you know, there's some listed in the book and even, even this guy doesn't have a complete listing there's no way you can know because most yeah. of these movies were regional type movies yeah shot you know that maybe he sh maybe these people shot because obviously 33 movies obviously the difference between shooting it on this format as opposed to film is the fact that videotape stock 
was dirt cheap. Yep. And you were able yep. to just quick crank out these movies like nobody's business. Agreed. You know, and you have a beta cam. I think I think his whole story is, and I read this on they have a website for this now, and in the book uh, that I mentioned, um, he, I think he basically just had a beta cam, and he was like a TV production company employee, and they're basically like, we need people to start watching our station here. What can you do for us? And he's like, well, I can throw some stuff together but i need to have some sort of budget and he had micro budgets for a lot of these movies of course he did and he still put together stuff that got on tv and got released on tape and you know in a lot of cases like that tower movies you know i have seen it once actually i saw it on uh i want to say it was youtube or something but it's like a it's like a almost like a haunted uh building like haunted um uh, skyscraper kind of movie, you know, oh, okay. from what I remember, you know, and like there's so know, it's Poltergeist three, but shot on video. I think essentially right, and then there's like he has a lot of like action movies he did, and like just like David Pryor, a lot of thrillers, yeah, like and the pacing's kind of you know tight, but at the same time, there's plenty of stuff where it's like nothing's happening, you know what I mean? It's a it's a made for TV, yeah, sure, essentially sure, sure. thriller or an action flick, so it's 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 it is what it is, but at the same time, those films are a relic from that period and if we don't you know preserve them they're just going to fall into obscurity into oblivion right which is why which is another reason why i I like that stuff so much because it reminds me of a time period that's gone like we were watching we were watching the last season earlier today and i was like oh that's a cute little resort town you know that they're in it reminded me of like oh when i was a kid i used to go to wisconsin dells with my parents back when it wasn't you know uh well i mean it was well it was was a a corporate now it's a a corporate shithole at this point but back then it was just like small town americana it's a tourist trap northern wisconsin shit which there's a number of those in wisconsin and and back when back in the 80s that's how it was it was just you know little Little getaway yeah Yeah. you go to and now it's just like oh you know now starbucks is fucking everywhere in this town and it's like this or it's like you know oh that hotel i used to go to with my parents is is no longer in operation it's it's like going it's like going to vegas but for water parks right exactly so that's kind of the what i wanted to do with uh, this new series of shot on video is to not only obviously we're not the only podcast that sits and talk about yeah. talks about shot on video horror Not films my bud uh doug tilly and more porn do uh no budget nightmares which is an amazing podcast if you aren't aware of those guys and you don't listen to them guys they're basically like they go through and talk about every minute detail of every no budget shot on video horror film that's out there great podcast great dudes go check them out and uh i think junk food dinner does a little bit of that sure um not a ton but uh, I feel, as you do, like a preservationist kind of streak in me where I like hearing about and checking out movies that I've never heard of. Agreed. And shot on video, as you had just said, does kind of bring back waves of nostalgia for me. Yeah. And I think it's important for us as fans of um, sub-genre horror, yeah. which we all are, because, yeah. I mean, we aren't normal horror fans. No, you're right. We don't right. we don't get off on most of the big budget stuff that's out there, yeah, and it doesn't not, excite us. Right, I'm not waiting for the next Chucky movie. Right, uh, you know, I mean, now that I haven't seen the first three Chucky's, but yeah. I mean, you know, that's not what I'm reaching for at this point in my life. When I was 15, sure, yeah. you know what I mean. But I'm 38, so I've been been there, done that. I, I I'm always trying to find something that's you know, you know, a, a different type of thing, or yeah. or just you know, or, or just another you know sort of uh, niche of a niche that i can really dig into and like kind of 
I don't know, just get into. And experience something new. That's yeah. the thing about these yeah. shot on video horror films is they come at things from a completely different perspective. They may have been groomed on Hollywood cinema, but they're trying to do something with the format that wasn't the... F- what they're trying to do wasn't intended for that format. Right. And using this technology to tell Hollywood type stories, well, not always. Yeah. I mean, the movie we watched today, which we'll we'll get to eventually, yeah. um, it definitely felt like it, they wanted to try and mold themselves after like a oh, Hollywood type film. But they but they because they're independent, they can essentially get away with doing whatever they want. Whatever they it. want. And and that's just it. I mean, they could, you know, had that gone through the the ringers of the hollywood editing process it would have probably looked like a different movie at least i think in some ways at least some of the arranging of it they probably would have you know padded out certain parts and then cut down other parts maybe and you know it would have been well it was only an hour and what 12 minutes or something and to make that hour 30 mark that all the 80s movies had to be at they would have had to do some things differently you know and but i I like that they didn't well and that's the that's in general shot on video that's right that's the you whole appeal of it to me yeah. is that I'm, I never know what I'm going to get. Sometimes right. you end up getting stuff that's cookie cutter. That's right. just trying to keep up with the Jones. It's just the same right. thing as it's a you've slasher seen. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It is what yeah. it is. Yeah. But sometimes you find stuff that's so fucking weird. Yeah. and So fucking yeah. out there that nobody, but an out it's outsider art. Yeah. It, nobody, but these people that made them could have made this thing. So, right. You, uh, the way you and I got originally hooked up and which will lead, will lead eventually into the movie we're going to talk about tonight (laughs) is that uh, a good mutual friend of ours has this, uh, backyard barbecue every year yeah in which he encourages you and i and anybody else to bring the weirdest <laughs> movies we could possibly find to yep. this thing yep. and you consistently knock it out of the park with movies i've never fucking yes. heard of every fucking time <laughs> and afterward i end up find seeking these movies out and watching them over and over <laughs> over again because they're just so good so i had to bring you on to do this and uh that. when we when we come back folks we're gonna take a little break here we're gonna go into you're probably going to hear a little bit of uh, my bud Corey's stillborn goat uh heavy metal podcast and uh maybe maybe something else uh when we come back we're going to talk about eric's pick for this episode <laughs> it's a real unique one real different i wasn't when he he pitched it at me he got it out of the analog nightmares uh book and he's like okay we got to check this sucker out it's a, a movie called the last season which uh, is a survivalist horror film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about that. So uh, let's take a short break and uh, we'll be right back. This could scare you. I was being trained to be uh, a, a, a warlock. I was being trained with witches that were in the, in the religion. The story about the digging and the hearing of the sounds from hell is very Real. After Papa tells us to hold a knife, and then he puts his big hand on, he puts you a pistol that eats into the knife, cuts it. You can speak to the devil right away. You had to earn your right to speak to the devil. I listened to a tape recording. There were infants crying, children crying, and adults chanting. If you, if you mess with the devil, he'll kill you. He'll kill your family. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
newest album, Forest Sky, from Sweden. That's Herr Moder with Winter Storm. And I thought some depressive, atmospheric Swedish black metal would probably be welcome, considering a good portion of our listening audience has two feet of snow and sub-freezing temperatures. I personally haven't had any of that. My weather here has been uh, just great. But uh, I know what those winters feel like, and I know music like this helps. So uh, here's more. Going back a few years to the Winter album, here's Herr Moder with the title track, Winter.
from what I can gather, uh, Herr Moder is a insanely prolific one-man project or um, bedroom black metal, as I've also heard it called. Um, I've only scratched uh, the surface on Herr Moder personally and also tonight on the show, so all I can say is if you're into it, uh, find their Bandcamp page and start at the 2012 demo. Uh, there's so much output that he's actually released an EP in the time that it took me to get this show together. So here's one more uh, off the newest full length, Forest Sky. This is Herr Moder and Follow the Water. album Forest Sky and one from Vinter from 2016 and that is it for the GOAT. Until next time stay heavy, stay cult and continue to worship Satan.
So how did you come to the decision today that we were the first episode we were going to do together? Because this is going to be an ongoing series. Yeah. We've, we've kind of decided we're going to we're going to try and deep dive and go way weird with this. We've Agreed. already on Astro Radio Z. If you've been a longtime listener, we've got we've gone through most of the heavy hitters we've done boarding yeah. house we've done sledgehammer we've yep. done the truth or dare series all the we've done stuff, yep. video violence we've done all this shit i came to i come to eric <laughs> because he's going to lead me down the rabbit hole of the weirdest fucking shit <laughs> he can find because if you've walked into his vhs dungeon <laughs> it is wall to wall like movies i've never fucking heard of or ever seen <laughs> i could get lost down there so the first one he wanted to pick um, explain yourself, Eric. Why, sure. why was it the last season? Sure. Well, uh, so, you know, I, I've heard about this movie for years from probably about the last two, three years from different people, you know, because we, you know, in different groups that I'm in on, either on Facebook or like message boards and stuff, people talk about, you know, shot on video movies and they're always talking about what's, what's a weird one that, you know, is, uh, you know, um, that, you know, you don't think anyone else has seen or, what are the shot on video movies that are like really, really good? And they would be classics that they had stuff you'd actually want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Not just like hilarious garbage that you watch ironically, you know, you watch for once and you slug your way through just to say you saw it. Totally. And so uh, a couple ones that I would even, I'm just going to throw these out here. We might even do these at some point. We should Um, fatal images. Yes. Have you even seen that? The movie's incredible. It it's if that had a bigger budget, it would be a slasher classic. It really would be. It's it it, it you know, I don't even know what to say. I don't want to get too far into it, but that's one. Um, I think both of the uh the Jeff Hathcock movies I can think of, uh, which are um Streets of Death and um uh, Night which is Ripper. is that Neighborhoods? Uh, that's actually uh Neighborhoods is a uh is uh what the heck is that called? Something Snow um. Devil Snow is is neighborhoods. That's okay, a different different yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Hathcock made I think four movies: Victims, uh, Night Ripper, Streets of Death, and Mark of the Beast. The Mark of the Devil. I can't remember Mark of the Beast. I think Mark of the Devil was the the uh, Spanish the seventies thing. Yeah, 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 with Udo Kier. And there's two Mark of the Beast movies that I know of, and one is uh, uh, one that Troma uh, released, which is a Jeff Hathcock movie. But two of those movies, I, I think Victims, Victims would have been shot on like a 60 millimeter or something, but it, this is first one. Um, but for sure, Night Ripper and Streets of Death are both slashers and both shot on video, and they would be absolute classics if they were on a bigger you know, budget. And the way they're shot even is, you know, right now is great. So that's those are other movies that came up. Um, and last season was one of those because okay. people kept saying this this could have been like a bigger budget you know movie like if it had like uh, you know if it had a budget behind it if it had hollywood behind it it would have been something we talked about still to this day sure it would have been a classic of the genre and now because it was just you know some low budget movie made god knows where by god knows who yeah you know for what budget who knows probably like 500 bucks thousand bucks whatever if that probably by some guys who handshake agreed to rent a camera for the weekend and go in the middle of the mountains in california or something and make this movie um and then somehow get it distributed by fucking scimitar um and get on you know on a vhs release and then and then get international distribution i recently learned because a because a fucking israeli poppy uh copy just popped up um so the thing that this movie had this much reach and was this widely known for in, what in, it is for what it is yeah i had to see it and and you know like i mentioned earlier i heard a few things about it and one of the things that i heard about it was you know a, a kind of a rough dog death so i kind of put it off 
um, because I'm a little bit of a pussy about that kind of stuff. You're you're the guy that if you hear about, I mean, certain people have certain pensions, yeah. like yeah. if they if it has pseudo snuff stuff, well, I'm not going to watch yeah, any of that yeah. stuff. For you, it's it's pet death. It's pet death mostly, and mostly just dogs, but pet death for sure, uh, dog death for sure, and 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 but even then, I can still watch the movie. I'm just a you know. I'm just a wuss about it, you know, and so <laughs> so I put it off for a long time, and but today I finally thought we should watch this movie because I want to see what all the hubbub's about sure. and, and really get down to it yeah. and say that I finally watched the fucking thing I've owned for a year and a half. Well, know? what a shock! You haven't watched every single VHS that's down <laughs> in that room. I've watched a shocking, shockingly large amount of them, yeah, uh, and many of them are classics. But yeah, there's definitely still, you know, uh, uh, probably about thirty percent of the flicks down there that I really had to dig into, and there's movies that i've tried to watch that i've literally fallen asleep during and uh i have to go back and revisit unfortunately that's usually andy milligan for me oh, and now on the, on the podcast we're doing a whole series on andy oh, milligan my so i have to force my way through a lot you of are these. uh you are a trooper just i'm just, a masochist when i heard what it's called there yeah <laughs> when i heard you made it through all the witchcraft movies i i was literally like some bile rose up in the back of my throat 16 fucking movies that is the those are the movies that for some reason a good percentage of my listeners yeah came in because of that series of podcasts of us watching that is ridiculous because i barely made it through the first one and i almost threw it out the window seriously it's a fucking piece of shit i hate i hate all of those fucking films that i've seen which is a three of them i think i own and I've turned, I think I turned the other two off after like five, 10 minutes a piece. I was yeah, like, yeah. no, I know where this is going. No, <laughs> I have no interest in this. This is every shitty straight to cable nineties yes. erotic thriller. It's 100% with, what it is. With like some fucking bad, barely give a shit about boobs and nudity. And they a little sell bit themselves of, as, as nudie flicks. Yeah. And a little bit of like a supernatural side of things, which is just trash and it's vamp you know it's vampire shit a lot of it too or, or witches which is like so over fucking done oh yeah know? it's absolutely. like god you know like i just don't need to see that and i'm and if that's what you know for the listeners out there if that's what you're into great that's cool but i, I want you to see every shitty vampire movie there is i can name a couple yeah. for you that that's I think you, you dustin watch. hubbard we're talking to you right now yeah city if you haven't seen uh city of the vampires uh it's a shot on video flick that's all about vampires that are basically zombies that take over a city, but they're vampires. You'd probably enjoy that. Are, are there a lot of titties in this flick? Uh, city of the Vampires. Shit, are there tits in it? You know, there, I think there's a few, but it's mostly like, a, it's a post-apoc, like uh, a bunch of vampires sure. come out and they decide to terrorize the city and people run from the van, and it's shot on video. And I'm trying to think who made it. It, it might be a Ron, Ron Bonk thing or... Maybe it's Todd Sheet that I had to look at my tape, but um, boy, I don't remember hearing about that one yeah. from either of those two. It guys. was, released, but who knows? They've yeah, yeah. It was released knows? on Salt City Productions, okay. um, and they released a lot of other movies that were shot on video from these are like late nineties ones. Yeah, or yeah. Like, uh, like uh, I'm trying to think, Bad Magic was one of them. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure they they did Scare Game, uh, which is another which is a uh, Eric Stans movie. Yeah, Eric Stans did a, a Scare Game and Ice from the Sun. Ice from the Sun. Uh, scrapbook yeah scrapbook so those deadly harvest yes yes so those movies so those are so those are good and that's from the same you know label so yeah, yeah, yeah. so a lot of that stuff is is really you know cool but anyways that's a vampire flick but you can you know track it down if you have interest in that but anyways but um, here we're talking about, about something season. completely different totally different totally different kind of flick so the, the last season um i'm just so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna be succinct up front and then get more in depth i thought it was good i really enjoyed yeah. it actually um I you know is it did it change my life? No, 
was it a hell of a lot of fun for what it was and well done for what it was absolutely and it's one of those things where i try to be really objective when i watch movies nowadays and think like you know if this is if this is something i had seen in the prime of my horror uh sort of you know upbringing your or, adolescence or, of my horror. adolescence yeah. of horror right if 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 I had seen this when I was fucking 14, would I have dug this? And would this be something I think was awesome? And the answer for me is absolutely yes. Because it had every element that I can think of that I'd want in this kind of film. Oh, it absolutely was one of those things that I think back in the day when I was growing up, if it would have came on cable, yeah. I would have sat and watched this. Because what this movie essentially is, is is a story of this 15... 15- this is where it gets a little problematic yeah. when we start talking about this because it's never really established. But later oh, in the yeah. movie, the the boy has sex with a, a obviously adult woman. I would so say we don't she's got to be at least twenty three. Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. presented almost as if he's maybe 15, 16, 15, 16. Year old, years old, going up to visit his grandma. His yeah. dad has left him, yeah. and he's kind of like in between and. They're, they're not sure of what's going to happen with the boy, so the grandparents yeah. are keeping him for the summer yeah. to visit and whatnot. And while he's there working at his grandparents' gas station in this yeah. rural kind of like, like you had said, Probably um, like tourist northern, town. Yeah, it looks like Northern California or somewhere. something. Somewhere. It's in the, well, yeah, in it's a mountain up, of some kind. Absolutely. You know. um, while he's there, this group of thugs, these ex-cons, yep. are going up there for a thrill-seeking, you know, weekend away of hunting yeah. and drinking and Being doing shitheads, basically shit-heel douchebags, middle-aged dudes. They yep. run. They run upon the gas station. Yep. Uh, the boy's dog accidentally bites one of the yep. the shit heels. He threatens like he's gonna gut the dog. Yeah, like the main asshole. And the grandpa kind of steps in, is like, "There's a problem here." Yeah. And then it's like, "Oh no, there's not." And they, you know, drive off into the fucking, you know uh forest you know and you just know you haven't seen the last of these ass yeah you know something bad's gonna yeah. happen so the boy and yeah. the grandparents go back to the house yep. we find out that the the grandpa's really into survivalism yep. it has a t- huge gun collection guns, yeah he's trying to teach the boy the way of the mountain men and all <laughs> yeah. this stuff he says like i'm gonna turn you into a, a mountain man or something yeah. at some point yeah which is which is pretty good and then they like go out for like a, an afternoon, just sort of like to go fishing. Is what they're yeah, they were they're going doing. to go fishing mm-hmm. and just enjoy the day. Grandpa and this kid and the dog, and sure enough, they're playing fetch with the dog and these other assholes, these these fucking city slicker uh, hunting assholes. They're the amalgamation, basically, of like the the crew from the last house on the left. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, right. It's totally the archetype. Yeah. absolutely. And so, of course, one of them shoots this poor dog, yeah. and 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 the kid stumbles upon him, and you know the guy. You know, says, oh, I thought it was a coyote, ha, ha, ha. And the kid attacks him, and the rest of the group comes and basically, like, you know, beats this kid up. And Grandpa all of a sudden shows up with a gun and tries to shoot him, and unfortunately they kill the fucking Grandpa. Yeah, and in a very slow motion drawn out. Yeah, yeah. Like, very, like that whole, that scene lasted, like, it felt like 30 seconds where he was, like, shot and, and falling. Just slowly, yeah. frame by frame. <laughs> yeah, which is which is a shot in video staple, those those yeah. scenes that they just focus on. And a lot of times in videos, like, you know, I'll be a little aside here, but, you know, like in Death Nurse, like, there's literally a, a, scenes in that movie where they're just showing this lady cook for five minutes and nothing's being said or happening. Or Sledgehammer, or, where right. there's scenes where the guy's walking down the hallway for three right. minutes. Right, endless, right, yeah. right. So so those are those are the scenes they focus on in a lot of those movies. But at least in this movie, most of the scenes that they, you know, sort of fixated on like that were, were mostly appropriate. Yeah, yeah, there was impact scenes. And so it, it showed some some filmmaking prowess that you yeah. don't get a lot of times from yeah. that level of, of uh, 
budget filmmaking. So, so then after that happens, they, they try. Obviously, this group is going to like kill this kid. They got to cover their tracks. Yeah, they got. They don't want any witnesses. So the kid gets away. Yeah, he goes back to his grandma and grandpa's house. And then, unfortunately, Grandma's there when he gets there, so they try to run off, and these guys follow him to the house. Dust Grandma. Dust Grandma in a really fucking brutal fashion, I might say. I mean, yeah, they, they shoot her in the back. He runs off Yeah, because she's like, get away, get away, get away. Yeah. And then they come up and basically shoot her in the back of the head. Yeah, because they, like, they were saying, hey, kid, you better come out, you know, because Grandma's down at, at that point. They're, you're going to kill your Grandma mm-hmm. for sure if you don't come out. And the kid doesn't come out. Good for him. I hate to say it. And then they dust the Grandma. Yeah. So, so then this kid eventually makes his way back to the house and finds a, a, some guns that were left behind. You yeah, know, because the, the guys bags. ransacked the house. They obviously were trying to get rid of and take whatever yeah. they could. Yeah. But of course, grandpa being the survivalist, you know. Yeah, he hid some good guns. Oh, yeah, uh, he hid the guns. Yeah. And so the kid gets one. And of course, one of the assholes stumbles back in. I, I, I'm sure they knew that he was going to come back, try to come back to the house at yeah. some point. I mean, yeah. and so then and then, you know. And this is the this reference is the the particular thug that shot his dog. So this kid basically ices him with a double barrel shotgun at point blank range, and then he gets a one liner. Yeah, I, I don't remember what the one liner was. The kid's <laughs> like, you know, I think the guy was like, you don't. I think the guy's like, you don't have the balls to kill me, and then the kid does, and he's like, the hell I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it was and, gra- it, it was, was a great, great scene because it was, really it, was good. it was shot really well. He was holding that gun like oh, yeah. if he had shot that gun the way he was holding oh, it, yeah. it would have kicked into his guts yeah, in, the w- in a way that he would he would have been down for the count. It would have like broke his hands, yeah. But the way, but it ended up being awesome, and because the guy flies back yeah. and he's got go- blood. Well, this isn't a particularly gory movie no, whatsoever. No. I don't even really think there's there's on screen violence. But it's really subdued because yeah. obviously the budget was really low. So it's mostly yeah. shooting and then reactionary. It's that footage. like uh, pull away deaths uh, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, there's although some squib work. There was some squib work and there is that one, the next death uh, that happens in the movie because the kid. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. The kid goes into the into the woods at this point after he's killed this this guy. And then the other assholes discover their dead, you know, uh, compatriots. Yeah. That the kid had killed. And it so becomes this, first blood at that point. It becomes first blood. And ironically, the kid has a first blood or has part uh, sorry, two. He has first blood part two poster in his room on, on the door that we noticed. Yeah. And so, so, so then it becomes a, a, a survival flick. It becomes like surviving the game yeah. or, or one of those flicks in the woods, you know, or, or like I said, it reminded me a lot of, um, quiet, cool with James Remar, yep. almost the same sort of vibe. It, uh, well, it, it, we had remarked that it seemed like quiet, cool in the beginning because yep. the town that it's set in looks yep. exactly, exactly the, the same, same as Northern the California, town. Yeah. almost in the mountains. Like I thought for sure, I was like, is this quiet? Cool? It, it looked yeah. almost identical. Yeah. And the like the cabin looks... almost like where they were yeah. staying, the grandparents looked like the same place that he stayed in. in exactly. Cool. Exactly. And it's almost the same, almost the same story. It says it's the kid's parents in quiet, cool instead of the grandparents yep. in, yep. in the last season. Yep. And so, so then of course these assholes are after this kid kids retreated into the woods at this point and then uh he had set up some traps and and he i think what happens first is he he stumbles upon a girl getting raped by one of the shit yes yes and then he goes to kill this guy and then uh they get caught in a crossfire with a crossfire yeah he's the main asshole whose name is kruger um i remember real real subtle yeah real right real subtle real subtle right so then they go off running but then the the guy who was raping this poor girl is chasing this this uh, main uh, kid and the and the girl and then he gets caught in one of these traps and it's an awesome trap it's uh it's like in Conan uh when that when that uh remember in the end of Conan when when that big guy 
hits that helmet and that fucking pendulum swings with that giant yep. spike and impales him. Yeah. Almost the same trap. Yep, but it's coming from above him. Above. And he comes out and yep. swings, impales him, and he's just yep. hanging there swinging yep. with it. And that was an awesome effect I mean, for what it was. And so well done. So well done. And you actually saw the spike go into him yep. and blood splatter. So that was probably their... That was the biggest special effect yeah, in the entire film. That was film. the coup de grace of the film. Yeah, that's, absolutely. And that's interesting that they had the... I mean, I have to wonder how they sort of got the know-it-all to do that. I mean, they must have asked someone or something like, or maybe they did have some filmmaking school skills. Who knows? But. Well, the way it was shot, though, when he was impaled, it was like a cut. It was a cutaway. So that thing swung down. They cut in. Mm -hmm. It comes out. We did a very similar effect in Swamphead. Oh, yeah. Almost okay. identical. Yeah. Great thing. movie, by the way. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. Yes, yes. I, well. But then it comes out, it's all ed in editorial. Yeah. So oh, okay. it comes out. Sure. And then they obviously put a harness on him and he's hanging there yeah. on the thing. It's so it looks it's so all great, in though. editorial. So it looks so great and 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 it perfectly placed in the film and and I thought it was cool that they had that effect. Like it's a little weird, obviously, that this that this kid who was kind of a, a total wussy, like yeah, and it uh, all and of a sudden a becomes ago, fucking Rambo. All of a sudden is Rambo, but you know, at the same time, do I care? No, no because if somebody killed my dog and my grandpa in front of me, I'd probably fucking be pissed and learn how to do that real quick. Yeah, too, this you know? dude, this kid really. Be, I mean, yeah. let's let's back up a second. The kid looks like <laughs> your typical '80s feathered hair. There's so much makeup on everybody oh, in totally, this movie. Totally, tons. Which is the grandma had all that weird purple that eyeshadow. eyeshadow. Yeah, I was like, wow, grandma's gonna go to the club after I guess and try to pick up some guys. <laughs> and you know, he's like... totally feathered out the entire movie with yeah. eyeliner and all. I mean, it it looks ridiculous, but it once it gets to the survivalist part, the pacing up to this point in the movie is taut. Yeah, like it there's is. no bullshit. No, it, you get right to it. Yep. I was surprised up until this point of the film, which I mean, after that point, it's pretty predictable what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, he's going to yeah, he's going to get his revenge on everybody yeah. and blah 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 yeah. blah blah. And becomes the genre film, which yeah. is which is fine. I mean, I wanted I wanted to see it at that because it started out so strong. Yeah, I I wanted to see it. I wanted to finish, even though I knew exactly where I think this it was, was going, go. where it was going to lead. Still yeah. wanted to see it. You know, up until that point. For a shot on video film, and this is not to denigrate the majority, the vast majority, because you and I know yeah. as much as anybody that a, a lot of these films are surprisingly well oh, made. Oh, absolutely. Surpri for w the budget limitations yeah. and the stock limitations, everything, surprisingly well made, which is yeah. why, what brings us back to these all the time. Right. Um, if you have a good editor and somebody that's creative with a camera and, right. and you know, special effects, you can put together a hell of a oh, gimmick with these things. Absolutely. This movie, what struck me most was uh it's real it had an expertise in the language of cinema that most of these don't and yeah. which i mean by that is like a lot of really great camera moves mm -hmm. the dolly moves um it cut in and had a lot of coverage yeah in a way that most of these films just don't care about agreed yeah and that's and that's exactly it like i think Aside from a few awkward shots towards the beginning, we'd be kind of laughing. Right, at. where they were trying to be cutesy. Yeah, and yeah. And yeah. Like, like as soon as those assholes pull away from that from the gas station in that first scene, and and they how they cut to show them driving off, yeah. and they show the town, and I was like, wow, this is really like you know, there's something happening here in this movie. Then someone the first has forty them. minutes of this movie uh, flew by because yeah. it's just so well made, so well made, and then it and then it slows abruptly. Once uh, he, once all of a sudden they're stuck out in the middle of the woods, and he meets this girl. He meets the girl, mm -hmm. and then the uh, he's killed off two of the the, two group. Of the assholes. Yep. 
all of a sudden the movie breaks into two different movies mm-hmm. where we're we're with the boy and the girl and we're with the head bad guy and then the sympathetic bad right where this right. one friend who's trying to talk the main bad guy out of killing the kid and saying right. hey we can turn this all around the movie comes to a complete grinding halt because yeah. now in a movie where there's been no exposition up to this point right. it's just been action and yep. plot and going forward forward moving never which in a shot on video film is so welcome yeah you don't oh, want it because these aren't actors you don't want to linger with these people no, they're no, not no. professional actors and they can't no. usually you know propel they can't carry movies. a scene no, like you can't. know they're not you know they're not like uh robert de niro or you know fucking uh you know, like uh, any of the any of the actors in Godfather, charisma. they don't have the charisma. They don't have the ability to like you know. You just look at you know, I don't know, uh, you know, uh, any of the actors from Godfather. Like even just them just sitting there in a chair looking menacing is interesting. Is interesting and enough, you know, for for a scene. These people in shot video movies don't have that. Most which of them. which is why editorial takes over for the most part in these movies. Right. And they have to make it interesting in that way. And why pacing it over the top has to be the order of the day in most cases because you don't have acting skills and charisma of any of the actors to no. carry the movie in that no, regard it's energy one thing i was going to say too about the pacing and the abruptness so you know how in first blood those first bunch of minutes like, like when rambo kills the cop all, up until rambo kills the cop and they go after him in the woods and he ices all those like uh you know those like uh townspeople that it, they got to yeah. chase him and like you know then then he goes in the cave and then it, and the pacing stops because then he's like hurt in the cave and yeah, he's like and he's got to recoup, right? Yep. And then then there's that whole segment where um where Brian Denny he's talking to uh the colonel, yep. the colonel giving Trump the backstory and, yep. and all that and all that stuff. That's a pretty abrupt, um you know pacing change for that film too because the first first bunch of minutes of First Blood, oh my god, I mean it's like the one of the greatest intros it's of tense. any film. It's like the most like you don't know like you know. I don't know. I still just even talking about it, it makes my skin boil. I want to throw Brian Dennehy off the fucking bridge. If I was Rambo, I would have done it too. But good I for remember him. when I was a kid watching that film, feeling and I mean that was in the heat of that era. You know, the Vietnam vets coming back yeah. and not being oh, treated yeah. with any respect oh, yeah. because the people's disdain for what had had happened and Absolutely. why they were put there. That's um, why that film has such impact because you know it's you know and the book is totally different but i mean it's yeah. not it is an action movie but it's uh, but it's incidental almost because the story oh, yeah. really focuses on a much deeper sort of thing i mean rambo 2 and, and oh, three, those are the exploitation those movies. are the exploitation yeah. rambos and and rambo 4 is about a mix it's about a half and half I'd yeah say. you know you yeah. get a little bit of a message and you get a then you get the whole last 10 whole minutes which is splatter. some of the best uh murdering i've ever seen in a film oh ever. my god it's out of control but but anyways back. this movie was <laughs> yeah. very much molded after first blood agreed and and there's tons of references in it i mean i mean the bandana he uh, puts on his head when he when he goes the, the poster in the wall the one-liner the you know what i mean like the surviving in the wilderness and like, then and then this part where yeah. all of a sudden 42 43 minutes into the movie it just brick it walls. Comes all of a sudden brick walls yeah. into exposition where yep. we sit with the bad guys and listen to them go on yeah. and on yeah. about bullshit and, and argue then, about what they're gonna do and then and then set up the backstory of the main baddie kruger who spent some time in prison and the two guys in the group that, that the kid had already killed were his brothers and then he had been treated awful from his dad yeah. growing up and yeah. blah 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 and all the stuff guy. he didn't need to know about. and this is this is kruger talking to the the baddie who's got somewhat of a conscience who's like let's end the killing 
let me go try to find this kid and this girl and try to have a, a talk together and, and get a truce, you know, and like yeah. try to stop this. And then, and then it cuts to the scene of the kid and the girl hiding out in a cave. Yes. Uh, or, or, or I think a cave. It yes. was what it looked like. Yes, it was. Which is again, another fucking uh, Rambo first blood reference. reference. And, you know, and then they're there and the girl's trying to say, Hey, you've killed two of them. Why don't you stop the kill? You know? So almost trying to like equate Krieger as, and, and this kid as sort of the, yin yang like they like they're part of the same circle they're but they're caught in in something that they can't stop at this right. point yin yang is a bad description but you know what i'm saying like they're, they're yeah. two sides they're almost are two, two sides, sides of the, of the same, same coin. coin right yeah. you know like and and they're trying to you know they're both realizing hey this violence is probably not what you know we know what the end game is gonna be but we got to find a way you know we got these people that are trying to talk us into stopping it but we both have our objectives you it's know it's too late it's krieger you killed my brothers and the kids you killed my dog and my grandparents parents, i can't let this slide yeah this isn't gonna fly anywhere but you know one of us is gonna die you but know but then one of the the smartest things i think this movie did even though we sit there with the with the bads and the heels and it goes on forever oh, yeah, and ever for sure. when we get to the scene with um the boy and the girl yeah they don't make us linger through having to relive what had happened because he's obviously got to tell him tell her his side of the story and justify why this is all happening it cuts away yeah yeah that first part and then in the cave he kind of says hey they killed my dog and grandpa it's very much just like a matter of fact yeah he killed my dog he killed my grandpa not like the krieger scene with a bad guy where he's just like I was. I had a bad upbringing. You know, my dad taught me to steal when I was thirteen. Yeah, and yeah. All that whole thing. It goes on for like, fifteen fucking minutes. It's of the just movie. too much. That could, you could have succinctly just said, you know, you had him say, "I had a rough upbringing" or whatever. You know, say like, "I had a bad life," and you know, I'm not going to let this fly. Those are my. Yeah. That was my kin, or you know, something yeah, like something. that. Yeah. Something. We very, get the point. Yeah. This isn't a very dense movie. A deep no. movie up until that point, anyway. So we this didn't was need the to fluff. go through this. Yeah. This was the fluff part for twenty minutes to get it over that hour mark, so it could show at the drive-in or be released on tape. Probably, well, you know? I think at that point the movie really derails. It does because I agree. then we're going through the motions of like, okay, how are the uh, how are they going to end up killing the bad guys? Right, That's all exactly. the rest of the movie is. Yep, yep. And we go through a, a whole scene at the end yep. where, you know, there's the confrontation. We think everyone's dead. Then they sit yeah. and we have what we think is the end of the movie at this point. Yeah. Where the, the two, the, the boy and the girl are sitting next to a tree trunk holding hands. Yeah. And then we have the montage of the memory sequence where we have right. the grandparents in slow motion walking. And the then dog, the dog, there's even yeah. the dog feels dog that scene. Well, you know, and, and I was going to say, so the derailing that I just remembered. So the kid has Krieger in his crosshairs with the girl next to yes. him. Yes. And, and he was going to kill the guy. Kill, kill, he was, he, that could have been, it could have been movie right there. Yeah. Movie would have been done. He killed both. And then he didn't kill him. And the girl's like, why didn't you kill him? And, and he didn't really give a good explanation. No, and that, not at all. And that's when it derails for those, you know, 25 minutes or whatever. Um, you know, when they have all those, ex, you know, exposition uh, segments. And then it does come back around eventually, obviously, because the, the Krieger and this other baddie go out in the wild and they eventually, you know, the other baddie catches up with, the kid and, and they and try talk. to have the confrontation yeah. where they try to work it out but right. obviously and you knew where it was going to go yeah so so you know right it ends up it was a double know, cross double cross totally krieger totally brings a gun with him tries to kill the, the kid and ends up killing his partner instead yeah and then the, the girl it was in the shadows with a 30 odd six unquote, blows him away blows him away right and then, and then he gets shot and falls down a hill and that's when we get the whole it's over everything's fine segment. and with the memory sequence and all this other fucking bullshit and they go back bullshit. to the they go back to the grandparents' house. They being the the kid and the and the and the girl that he's 
helped or whatever you want to say. And then we get the awkward sex scene between <laughs> ostensibly a 23-year-old-ish woman, I'm guessing. And what has been presented to us so far as a 15 or 16-year-old boy. Right. Because that's I'm going to guess him to be probably about that age. Right. That's what yeah. I figured the entire he yeah. He looks it. Yeah. And he absolutely. plays it. Yeah. And He's there visiting his grandparents at the beginning right. because he's sent there to try and straighten him out because he lives in the city or something. That's right. what I had gathered. Yeah, and he went right, and he wanted to like you know I guess uh, be more of a man and, and to grow up a little bit more and yeah. be out with with grandparents. And so, so then forth. we flash forward to the scene where this obvious adult is well. I know most men would be like, "You go after it, boy. Good for you." Well, Good yeah, for you. but right. is it? It is a statutory rape sequence. That's essentially accurate, right? Yes, that's true. And and it's very much like a, you know, and it's one of those it's one of those horrible sex scenes that they do in so many bad erotic thrillers where there's no actual sex happening. It's like they're kind of like hugging and sort of like moving around, insinuating and it's, that something's happening. And it's like a dreamy sequence, yeah. almost with the camera effect. And Except for like, the fact we're looking at his back yeah. almost the entire time. Yeah, right. And then and what's what's weird about that? Is earlier on when that girl was getting raped, the guy did pull her shirt off and, and we you got saw her breast. Yeah, yeah, you saw her breast. And so I guess I, I guess what I'm saying is the fact that they didn't go all out with the sex scene leads me to wonder if they knew that this was kind of risque because this is a 15 year old <laughs> and a 23 year old ish, or if they were just like, well, we don't really have the. Or, you know, she got all in classic actress style, she yeah. got gun shy. Yeah, like all of a sudden she they they had filmed the rape sequence and went a little yeah. further than she yeah. had expected, yeah. and then got to this point like, well, you're not really paying me fucking anything, so right. I'm not going to get naked again. Right, and that makes perfect sense. And I, I want to say too, the when we say for people that might want to watch this movie, the rape scene, I use that term loosely. I it's mean, not I mean, a full on rape. No, sequence, there's not even no. any. I mean, aside from the guy ripping the girl's shirt and showing he, the it's breast, an attempted rape. It's an attempted rape, yeah. which doesn't make it any. I mean, it's still horrible, well, but yeah. But it's That's a, not if, you're, if you're wondering, hey, am I going to sit through like a, you know, like we talked about earlier, a 10 minute I spit in your grave ass grape scene? The answer is no. You're no. not getting that. You're getting like two, not even two minutes, maybe a minute and a half of a guy trying to rape this girl and then the kid coming along and, and you know, pointing his gun at the guy and then, yeah. you know, and saving her essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you're, you're clean if you're worried about a rape yeah, sequence. There's nothing of it. Yeah. Like you that. could even fast forward. And I might even go as far to say the dog death in it, while, while bad. Is not that rough. You you, you don't see the you were dog. able to get through it without any too too you many know, feels. You you don't see the dog get shot. It's shot, shot off screen, which is fine. And then you do get a, a fortunate part where the dog's on its side, whimpering. There's blood, but you don't see the dog's face. So the dog is just laying down with some ketchup on his belly or something. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's probably what's happening. And they probably had like a stock sound of a, of dog of a whimpering. Whimper. Yeah, yeah and they that's what in. I was figuring was happening. Yeah, and then yeah. you get about maybe 10 solid seconds of that, and that's the whole thing. Yeah. So that's good. So if, you, if you're a dog-loving pussy like me, <laughs> and, and you don't want to see a movie. Scott Davis, we're, we're talking about you. Yeah. If you're a dog-loving pussy like me and don't want to see a, a horrific dog murder, you're probably going to get through this just fine. You know, I don't think it was that rough. I, was, so. I built it up to be way worse than it was. And uh, it was fun. Which so. leads me again, when we talk, not only that, the exploitation elements of this film were dumbed down in a way, and that's not to say that, you know, it it's shitty because of this. No. This is absolutely molded to be a, a first blood type clone, more absolutely. of like a straight up action thriller type movie. Yeah. Where that would have probably been 
sold as a trick, like a switcheroo oh, to yeah. cable or VHS. Absolutely. Or that, I mean, if you look at the VHS cover, yeah. it's the boy and, and the, the girl, girl yeah. standing right in the middle with guns, like, you yeah. know, they're nobody like badasses like nobody's yeah. gonna fuck with us yeah you know and, and, you, and you know looking at the cover and even from the back that because there's a picture of the kid like covered in blood looking like he's raging on someone yeah you know how this movie's going to to end it's not gonna be a a, a sad ending you know i think at least i used to, I, I got that impression right yeah. away I, I think i knew based on it being a genre flick based on what i could infer from the, the cover imagery and and based on what i sort of knew about this from you know reading about the sure. film through the years that i was going to get the movie that i would want i guess in that regard you know when i was watching this so um but interestingly enough so there was that fake out ending with the montage and with them sitting by the yeah, tree and then and, they and go back to, they go back home and, the and they have the, the really super lame sex scene and then and then the movie's not over because you see you get a first person perspective, perspective. it's like which, which, we, which we kind of thought wait are we gonna get a the dog happy, happy? The dog yeah. happy ending where the dog's stoked. not dead. Well, I was stoked been... for a sec. Yeah, I was like, oh, the dog lived? Oh, this is the greatest <laughs> movie ever. And unfortunately, unfortunately not that nope. good. But, but so, so Kruger comes back. Kruger comes back. He's not dead. And the kid's in bed, you know, post, post-sex at this point. The, the girl's in the, in the shower. And, uh, and Kruger comes in with a, with a knife and tries to get the kid. And um, so one of the side things, too, earlier in the film we didn't talk about, but he had gotten a, a, a gift, the kid, of a forty four Magnum from his grandfather, but didn't have bullets. And uh, when he was at his um, grandfather's station, they had found bullets for him to so target practice sure. with this handgun, and he had put the handgun under his pillow. So Kruger's in there with the knife about to kill the kid. He reaches under his pillow, pulls out a forty four mag, and puts the guy down finally yeah, blows and repeatedly continues yeah. to fucking shoot his ass he empties down. the whole fucking yeah. revolver all six shots you know it's a I mean, great scene great scene i was i was waiting for a little bit more gratuitous ed 209 beating a robocop <laughs> uh cruelty like i was hoping it was all of a sudden like it was a revolver that would just be like m16 like, yeah yeah know? and just hands are obliterated yeah. to vapor yeah, and like the guy's like fucking like a fine paste on the floor yeah. you know because well, that guy had it coming well surprisingly enough the squibs in how they filmed it yeah. it was pretty violent it was it really was it was this movie while it could have been in, in an edited form and with slightly better production, almost like a made-for-TV oh, thriller. hundred percent. Um, at the same time, what saved it from being that was like some of the like rougher elements with the language and and like and like you know some of the things that happened in it. But there was also some darkness. In some it. of the violence too. And then I think you know, um, the score. Uh, well, the fact that it wouldn't have made it to TV was because the score was basically just stuff. Lifted. Anything they wanted. Yeah, the door, like you mentioned, the doors playing it. Yeah, uh, and James in the Brown is James in Brown, it. And then there's like sound effects that uh, you know nowadays would be like you know probably like uh free freeware like type stock. Of, yeah stock yeah. F- stock sound clips but back then was probably like they just lifted from other movies lifted from other movies yeah or wherever there was they one could. part where we had noticed that the soundtrack obviously sounded like they had taken a tape recorder to a tv and just recorded oh, yeah. a score from something else absolutely there's like a sad like symphony sort of part that i'm like there's no way they did this with Casio keyboard. No. Those are real instruments yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah. And uh and so that which is which is fine. I'm all for sampling stuff and putting it into other contexts on a personal level. Um like we talked about 
if this had a bigger distribution, they would have had to change all that because there's no way they would have gotten there's the no, rights. And that's probably yeah. why we haven't seen any further releases of this film. Yeah, there's the VHS that Scimitar put out, and Scimitar also put out a bunch of other, you know, well, they put out a lot of stuff, but I mean, they put out, um, pretty sure they released Victims, that Jeff Hathcock yeah. movie, and some other stuff like that, but then they also put out like weirdo documentaries and like bad westerns that were, you know, um, public domain, you know, and yeah. those kinds of things. Um, but, um, and, but then I just saw, and, and uh, there, as of this, uh, podcast date, there's a, an Israeli VHS of the last season on eBay. Uh, and so this thing had international distribution. So I'm really curious as to like how they got away with it. Yeah. Like, did they just basically say like, let's go to the European market and shot this movie to them. I bet you they never watched it. Yeah, probably not. You're right. It, it, probably some, probably some other countries like, Hey, we, we want to release movies. It's a great too. cover. Great it's cover. a great concept. We yeah. can, we could ramble was huge. Yeah. It's like, yeah. fuck yeah, we'll sell this. Yeah. It's a movie that has a, as a storyline that I think most people can get behind. Yeah. It's, it's a revenge. It's familiar that you're not enough to, yeah. Yeah. You know, quite, quite cool is a movie that, uh, cause this was 87 last, when last season came out. I think quite cool is 85 or 86. When was Ran- when was first blood? That was 84, 83, 84? God, 81, I think. Was it that I think far? So. I think I think so because uh, Rambo first blood part 2 was 85, I'm not if I'm not mistaken, or maybe 86. Um and then Rambo 3 was 87 or 88 and then Rambo 4 was like 2006 or something, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna look this up right yeah, now. I'm I just like, nineteen eighty two. Okay, You're I right. thought it was. You're I remember. Right. I remember. I was a young. I was well. I was two years old essentially when that came out. Man, so. that was a HBO staple. Oh, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. How, every time it was on HBO growing up, oh, I watched it. I, watched I had it. it I dubbed it. Yep. I watched it constantly. I love I, First Blood. I had all the Rambo. I mean, the, when I talked about earlier, my my collection that was like the staples when I first started, just those Rambo, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, and DVD and VHS and Rocky. You know, I'm a big. I, I'm admittedly a Sylvester Stallone fan. I'm a huge Sylvester Stallone. Rocky, to yeah. me, is like a series yeah. I watch every year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I watch it all the time. And and, and I, not just, you know, like I the first two Rockies are legitimately amazing films. Great movies. And Rocky 3 and 4 and even 5, I enjoy on multiple levels because I still think they're good movies. But they're more there's, exploitation. They're more movies. exploitation-y. Yeah. And, there's, and there's ironic elements in it that, totally. you know, that I enjoy. Like, like I mean, part five, let's be real, is it's pretty much, it, it, yeah, it's a piece of shit. And it's an irony film. The fight at the end in the street is the best part, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, but I mean, you can, I don't know if you can like bad, bad-ish movies, quote unquote. And not think that Rocky Four is incredible. I mean, if you're if you're like I like low budget, I like exploitation, and you're like, oh, I don't like Rocky Four. I'm going to question what it is you like or don't like about movies. Well, you know, at this time, we're fi- well, we're finally kind of post '80s nostalgia, mm-hmm. where everybody we're people would argue me on this, but I think it's starting to finally taper. We're the, starting to diminish agreed. on some of this. The blinders are being are being put finally back. being put up. Yeah, yeah. But when people make those type of movies rocky four is definitely one of the molds that they take off oh absolutely when it comes to montage oh and look and feel and music yeah rocky four has got to be one of those top 10 movies that if you're lifting elements of of those from films absolutely and how many spoofs have there been of rocky four on tv fucking south park and and family guy and like you know what i mean like hearts on fire montage sequence is one of the most immortal things that have ever been made absolutely if you wanted me to to, if you were going to make an 80s time capsule i would pretty much argue that rocky four would have to be in it oh one rocky four commando oh my god absolutely uh terminator 
I think she would probably Predator. Yeah, Predator, absolutely. Um, gosh, it's even hard to say. I mean, Miami, so many... something of Miami Vice has got to be in there because yep, a lot agreed. of the look and feel of Miami Vice obviously has been co-opted very, into a very lot of this much stuff. So, um, gosh, I would say yeah. It's I'm trying to think what else off the top of my head. I mean, I mean, then you can get into non-action. Well, if we're talking horror, then non-action, you know, action and horror stuff like. Gosh, I mean, there's so many movies. Well, Return, I think Return of the Living Dead should go in there. Uh, personally, I think that's one of the better zombie films. Right. From well, type. I mean, we're talking 80s. I it's mean, it's you know, that whole feel. But that go, vibe. going back to um, the last season, yeah. this was an easy sell, I'm sure, because yep. it had a familiar reference to yeah. sell it under. Yeah, absolutely. This was this was Rambo rewritten Light. rainbow light for yeah. a kid yeah this was this was a tv thriller version of rambo like a kids after school special version of rambo absolutely this was this was just the kind of movie that you'd want to see like if you're if you're like in the zone wanting those types of movies you know and you want something a little bit different yep this is that movie i think you know you nailed it with if you like first blood yeah. you like quiet cool you're gonna dig this oh, one absolutely i do think though and we had kind of talked about this while we were watching it, is that at the 42-minute mark, this movie really takes a drastic dive that it, it never, it never, you know, gets it, back from. It ramps up it, just like a little bit again when 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 the confrontation with uh, Kruger and the kid happened. But even that, like, did you see how, like, almost awkward that scene was? Because literally it was like, okay, we're here. And like, okay, what next? This is what's next. And the Krieger yeah, had the they gun just hidden behind him. The fucking thing. They literally almost made me seem like, okay, you've got 20 minutes of daylight left. Let's just get this scene yeah, done. Let's get kind this of fucking thing. over with, yeah, right? right? Like this weekend's almost over. I have to go back to work on Monday. <laughs> you know? Somebody's off to the side looking at their watch, right. tapping it. Right, right. Like I, I only got uh, maybe uh, one more day of rental left in the beta cam, and it's like a two hundred dollar <laughs> rental in late fee. You Which know, it's funny why it just like then lingers on a double ending. Yeah, forever. Right. It's okay. So I mean, editing. I'm guessing they probably shot so much footage. That's my best. Guess. I have a feeling the reshoots. I have yeah. a feeling a lot oh, of that yeah. because yeah. there were sections, as you had said, that came back that felt more like the first part of the film. Yeah. Um. Because the movie, when all of a sudden done, I think came in at like an hour and nineteen minutes. Yeah, I think you're right. Something like that. So yeah. I mean, getting it to that eighty to ninety minute level, which was back at that time the preferable length for a feature film to yeah. be sold. Standard, yeah. yeah. Standard. Yeah. I'm sure they went back, saw the length of this, reshot some of this stuff. Padded some shit in there. Padded it out. Which and then and then of course the question had to come, what can we reshoot that isn't going to cost a ton of money? Oh talking. we just talking. Right. Yeah, let's we just put these actors talk. up and we just give them a new script and make some more backstory. The rest of the movie doesn't like those two scenes where they're just sitting there, yeah, stick out because yeah. the rest of the film doesn't feel like they that. are sore thumb scenes and they derail it. And if you know, sadly enough, I'm not opposed to short films. You know, I, yeah. I think to me, I have a sort of number in my mind where I think like ten minutes or is kind of like ten minutes or less is almost too short to where I can really get into something yeah. hard. But you know, um, thirty minutes is a good short film. Thirty minutes is great, and an hour is like in my mind absolutely perfect exploitation film i've said this for years on the podcast yeah. i've said this for years to anybody that'll listen to me yeah an exploitation low budget no budget exploitation film Herschel gordon lewis got it right should be around 60 to 70 minutes long Tops. and and that's all you need and this movie if you had taken out the fucking scenes where they're talking or even just made them like way abridged like you know two i could have taken three minutes of 
you know, yeah, two minutes. Cut, you know? Them down, cut them down to like maybe a minute couple and a half minutes. Each. Yeah. You know, a minute and a half with the girl and the boy talking about, hey, this killing Easily should end. could have done it. A minute and a half, Kruger talking about, hey, I was in prison and I had a fucked up life. And you would have cut right to that like hour yep. and 10 minute, maybe hour and mm-hmm. five minute. Yeah. And it would have been perfect. Yep. Almost. I almost could have kept the double ending. You could, right. You could have kept the double ending. And, you know, and fo- even though four was a great number of these henchmen, you could have almost made it, if you had like one more henchman, you could have almost made another kill segment in there yep. and, and really and really made it just a little bit more edge, edgy and gory. Yep. And honestly, cutting down some of those scenes and maybe the double ending a little less weird somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And make it an hour and hour, hour 10. Perfect. It would have been a perfect, perfect. movie. Perfect movie. Perfect. And, and then if they had somehow, and, 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 you know, I hope that someone listens to this podcast, sees this movie, has attachment to a big budget film, uh, you know, uh, some sort of budget yeah, and a capability of, of making this again, and capability of remaking this because they should. Because I would just because I would love to see if this was remade in that way and done with with care. And you know, you know, I hate remakes. Do but, you th- do you think though that this kind of movie sells anymore? Probably. And then, do you, and when is the last me. time we saw a survivalist movie like this? Really. Not since the 90s that I can think of. Honestly, you're right. I can't think of a single, this kind yeah, of movie. You're right. Because you're I right. think in the late 80s, early 90s, this was done to death. There were so many Rambo clones. Yeah. The only one that I can think of was, and we keep bringing it up, Quiet Cool, that yeah. even came close that I enjoyed as much. Yeah. I, you know, I love a lot of the, like, um, like Deadly Prey. I love that movie. Well, of course. Yeah. And Which, those kinds surprisingly of enough, we have not done on this podcast and it's not shot in video but we should definitely it is one of the greatest shit films of all time it's really awesome i mean and that's that fits in because you did sledgehammer which is a david Pryor right. film and and right and diddly prey is i think his second movie and that's a complete completely different film than sledgehammer but it's it's a take on rambo first blood part two absolutely you're right it it's is. a mix it, it's got the feel of rambo first blood part two mm-hmm. but still staying here within the first blood yeah. realm oh, because absolutely. those are totally to- two diametrically opposed films agreed agreed very much so and uh but yeah no i think um i think you're right back to what you're saying that the the survival genre no one that is under the age of probably 35 i hate to say it probably gives a fuck or about, even has reference or has reference because you know when i when when uh, a friend of mine actually who's early 30s and i won't name them but came to me and he's like hey you know i've I, home invasion movies from the from the 70s and 80s which ones do you like we were talking about this earlier and yeah. i said i said death weekend i think is fucking awesome i think vengeance is mine is great fight for your life that's from the 70s that's an awesome one um you know i had to go back and look at my stuff house on the edge of the park is kind of kind of that same way you, it's a little more well, cruel, home invasion yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or even just like you know like you know what i'm saying like where it's like you're, you're in you're, you're, someone's invaded your place. It's a pot boiler. It's a close yeah, space. Totally. A, People are locked in a house. There's right. assailants. They got to try and figure their way out. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, and Fight for Your Life is very 70s. Oh, boy, that's a rough one. It's a really rough one. And that one, I would say, if you have any aversion to racism. rape or racism, trigger warning, don't watch that movie, you yes. know. But, but if you can stomach those elements and can look past it to the storyline yeah. and the, the actual production... I think it's an incredible example of the genre. Crazy um, ass fucking movie. Very tense, very intense, very, very pushing it hard for the time. I think it's like 70, 
seventy-seven, maybe yeah, 76? seventy-four, seventy-four to seventy, somewhere within somewhere there. in that realm, yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, a very cruel movie for its time, yeah, totally. And, and and so, but yeah, so I mean, we talked about that, but you know, those are movies that like are from that time, and in the nineties, you 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 know, we're talking about the survival and the surviving the game. Surviving the game is a perfect example. Run and Prey is is one I just watched. Yeah. Deadly Prey, um, fucking a Human Prey is another movie I watched yeah. that long ago. Fuck, there's more though. The survival Survival Quest. Uh, which is um, which is uh, Don uh, Coscarelli movie yes. and Lance Henriksen yes. from '88. That's a that's a wilderness survival flick. Um, what's that? What's that fucking Death Valley movie with that kid from Christmas Story? That's from '84. That's a, a, oh, a wilderness survival. You've lost me. I have oh, no idea what that is. One. It's that's that it's, it's, it's Ralphie from Ralphie from the uh, Christmas, Christmas Story. Story is in a is in a slasher slash wilderness survival flick. From 1984 or five, called um, what did I just say? What's fucking called? I just had the name on the top of my head. Uh, it's uh, Death Valley. It's called Death Valley. Yeah, M- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. MCA right. MCA released it. Um, that's another one, same sort of idea. Uh, there's a couple other ones off the top of my head. I was trying to think of that were in that same realm. Um, oh, um, there's that Mark Singer movie, which is a uh, which is another surviving the game clone that I'm trying to think of the name of. Fuck me. I'd have to look at my. You you've list. lost me. You so you've gone I, you've I, gone way into it. Sorry, but I've watched no, no, a no, lot no, of no. them. Mark Singer was in this awesome Surviving the Game ripoff from ninety one ninety. What so? was it about the early nineties where they just wanted to make remake the yeah. world's deadliest game over Billy, and over and over again? World's dead, yeah, and, and Deadly Games is the movie yeah. I'm thinking of, the Mark Singer movie. I'm pretty sure, and then well, Billy Drago. In 91 or 92 did a fucking one of those movies too oh, and i can't remember the name of it billy drago and yeah. everything oh yeah anything that guy could be i love billy drago yeah, yeah yeah he's my favorite i love when he gets thrown off the roof in untouchables it's fucking <laughs> incredible he bled like a stuck pig and then fucking kevin costner just you know throws him <laughs> off a roof that's amazing that guy always got stuck to those fucking roles um so at the end of the day we finish this we build this yeah. up you've yeah. built this movie up yeah, to yourself i did big time i did where do you come down on this you know honestly um oh, my voice just cracked honestly um, you just went through puberty i just did i'm on going the podcast. second puberty in the po- podcast here there we go i i think as far as shot and video movies go it's 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 a must see i really i really do think so because if you if you want to experience the better parts of the genre and like i mentioned earlier i'm talking about fatal images i'm talking about streets of death and i'm talking about uh you know the movies of that caliber where 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 they're really well done they're great stories um you know america's deadliest home video another good example you know yeah it's you, not a movie where they're just trying to get cheap pop on special effects no it's and, a good movie yeah. that just ha- happens to be uh hindered by a budget yes. you know and hindered by not having you know big names attached to it or whatever right. and, and hollywood backing uh if you want those kinds of movies you know, this is one you got to see. Yeah. I, I think, I think you do, and and you can go into it knowing that it's not going to be something like you know intensely original right. and something that you haven't seen before. But if you want a Rambo clone that has kind of the feel of an after school special with slash a kid, with a kid, dudes. with a TV, the TV thriller feel yeah. from like the eighties, and and you can't get enough of that shit, you have to see this. Yeah, film. this is that's I totally think you fun way it. to spend an hour. You yeah. know, hour twenty. You totally know? nailed it. I would say the same thing. Um would i say that, that it's essential i mean you have to judge for yourself how big a fan of a shot on video right 
uh, of the the genre you are and what you want from the genre. Because if you want the if you want the weird, the cheap weird pop, the cheap weird, uh, right, the ironic shit. This isn't your movie. No, no. this is this is totally molded no. after First Blood. This a- is a straightforward absolutely. survival movie. Yeah, then you wouldn't need it. But if you but if you like those kinds of movies and just want to see more stuff like that, that's not hindered by budget and. You know, you can put up with the fact that yeah, it looks cheap yeah. because it was obviously shot yeah. on either Betacam or on Super yeah. VHS. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, if that doesn't bother you, this is in the fact that viewing. the audio obviously dips in and out with uh, yeah. the noise that, floor goes crazy at points. And that could be movie. my tape copy too. You know, it could be you know, it's a talking a 30, 30 year old tape, thirty two year old tape yeah. at this point. So I mean, yeah. you know, who knows how it's? I mean, it looks pretty good for what. It, but it I was. thought it looked great. Yeah, yeah. It, I thought it looked pretty good. I was surprised. I was really worried. You never know you, when you pop one of those films in yeah. what you're going to get. It's still, it was, yeah. it's washed out because of the format. Sure. That's Absolutely. What, it looks the Absolutely. way it is because of what it was shot on. Yeah. And I can't get too down on that no. whatsoever. So I've, obviously when I talk about this, we're putting a, we put a caveat on the technical limitations yeah. of the format yeah. because it just doesn't have the kind of range that film does. It's not a Blu-ray. It, it's not even a DVD. It's 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 not even laser disc. Well, the, the format it was shot on yeah. is so limited resolution-wise yeah. that you know some highlights are blown out. Yeah. Blacks really tough to get any detail in a lot of that stuff. It's an analog format. But you they know, shot and... they shot it in a way that it looked great. Even the day yeah. for night stuff oh, was, was actually shot fairly well. The lighting at, at night wasn't bad. No. Uh, even when they were in that cave, I could still see everything yeah. that was going they on. They did a great job. It was great. I've seen plenty of big budget movies and I'm looking at you burial, burial ground and, uh, and I'm looking at you. Is burial ground a big budget movie though? <sighs> compared to this yeah <laughs> well yeah, yeah. well anything budget. compared let's to say, this. well even okay let's oh, you know I'll, let's pull up my let's pull up my vhs of first blood when he's in the fucking cave oh there's a drastic difference you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah i mean yeah. Like, like you know you're not gonna see so all that considered you know they did a pretty damn good yeah. job you know with, with what they had so it, i would i would agree if you dig that genre and you like shot on video films yeah Check it out. I Absolutely. mean, it's you're not going to get the cheap pop of the gore and whatever, but yeah. if you like Rambo stuff, definitely check it out. Yeah, find it in some way or some form. Uh, you know, uh, I'd just be totally honest on VHS. It's not like the rarest VHS, but I've only ever seen three pop up in the last six, seven years. So, you know, maybe you might want to go onto the internet to, and do some various ways of checking yeah. out. A lot of these are on youtube i don't yeah, think this one's not. on there right now unfortunately and it, and it deserves to be um and i'd have to know obviously if the director's still alive i know some uh, looking, looking looking at imdb some of the cast is definitely still alive and and still acting in, in things even and making yeah. uh, the main kid i think it's a producer now i saw so they're still around but the director couldn't tell you i didn't i didn't look too close at that i don't think he's made too much other stuff um so i don't know what the legality would be of that but i mean nevertheless Find it in some way if you if you're interested in that and definitely yeah, check it check out. Check it out. So worth, worth your time. So that was the first one of these that we're gonna do. Yeah. Um, we're gonna take a short break here and uh, we're gonna go into a couple new segments for the show. My bud Dustin, who used to be the singer of a band called Casket Robbery, yep, uh, death metal band out of Madison, Madison right? Wisconsin. Yep. Yep. He's going to be providing you right now with a new wrestling segment called that wrestling gimmick so check this out and we'll come on back and we'll talk to eric a little bit more call your local cable company to order your wcw merchandise pay-per-view 
Somebody get the gun! Promotional consideration paid for by the following. One, two, three. All right, folks, this is That Wrestling Gimmick on the Astro Radio Z Network. I'm your host, Dustin Fache, and today I have Eric Woodard on the show, a man of many gimmicks, a true road dog with over 18 years in the business. Eric, first off, thank you so much for joining me on the episode. Let us all know where you're from. Uh, well, I live in Kansas. I grew up in Kansas, actually, and then I uh, lived a few other places, but that's currently where I call home as well. That's where my kids are at and where I'm at. That's uh, right here in the middle of the country, so we could uh, reach out to all the other states that aren't fortunate enough to have a guy like me live there. So. That's excellent, man. And uh, how many promotions are actually out in your area? Right now, there's actually, over the last couple of years, several that have popped up in different parts of the state that are working together. Um, they've got kind of a good thing going, I think. And have you noticed uh, a difference, like, from the, you know, 18 years ago, uh, from the turnout? Uh, uh, that's, uh, that's, it's always been hit or miss. I mean, you got you got guys that are drawing well, and you got guys that aren't drawing well. I mean, it's, it's always going to be that way. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've gone to these memorial halls where you think you're going to get two or 300 people or – Four or five hundred people, and you know you might you might get a few dozen, and other times you get into a building and you you can't believe that you can fit a hundred people in there, and they'll be shoulder to shoulder, and there'll be several hundred packed in there. So, right, it just kind of depends on the promoter if they do their groundwork and if they're if they're you know building a town always helps, and if you're giving people a product they want to keep in, uh, of course you build those towns up, and that's that's the way it works. So. Exactly. And again, I just wanted to reiterate that I first saw you perform as uh, Mr. Fitness 2 uh, with the NWA in Delavan, Wisconsin. Um, how long have you been running uh, as fitness? That's been, I would say, the last several years. That's been the main gimmick. But, but I've done it prior to that. I mean, way back in probably 2000, 2003 or four, the first time. Um, it, but it was never, you know, I never thought it was going to turn into something full-time um, i was doing another gimmick on a regular basis back then so uh it was several years later when uh, midnight rose my, my current manager talked me into like hey we need to take this thing on the road and we need to do something big with it so that's just kind of how that developed i would like to go to the beginning what year did was that that you entered uh your training and uh who who did you enter your training with uh, that's way back. That was in uh, 2001 with uh, in St. Joe, Missouri. There was a group out there that was affiliated at the time with, um, or was just beginning a, a short-lived affiliation with NWA Midwest. Um, they ran this a few different names, MEW and APWA, and, uh, a couple other names. But yeah, this is St. Joe, Missouri. Um, they were running on in. in when they ran in Kansas, they ran as NWA Midwest Kansas. Somebody else ran under that later, but okay. at the time they were. But then if they ran in Missouri, they'd run under another name, either APWA or MEW or several different ones because somebody else actually had that NWA area. You know, NWA Midwest Missouri was ran by somebody else. I got gotcha. you. completely different promotion. And when you first started your training, uh, you know, was it a gym or where where were you going uh, as far as a location? Um, yeah, they, well, there's an old building downtown there in St. Joe where they had a had a ring set up and a bunch of clutter and a ring and some some weights basically. So it was a little dusty old building, man, where 
It was a little too hot in the summer and a little too cold in the winter, and it was a good, good, good. That's what I was just gonna say. Was it just like, oh my God, let's get the let's get a couple pairs of sweatpants on before the workout starts? And oh yeah, oh yeah, the winter time. Yeah, I show I show up in layers, sure. The winter time. <laughs> once you get moving, yeah, once you get moving, I mean, you're, you're gonna stay warm. Oh, so what were like his workouts and routines that he was putting you guys through? Uh, was there was there anything uh, anything crazy going on? You know, is I mean, did you guys get hammered with stuff? Or tell me kind of how how that went. Uh, I mean, early early on, like tryouts and stuff. There's a lot of like stretch, uh, a lot of a lot of stretching, getting stretched. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of bumping, bumping gimmicks, bumping over and over and over again, bump bump till you get it right. You know, if you're uh, Bump until you're lightheaded. Bump until you're dizzy, and keep <laughs> bumping some more. Here's here's the deal. Like a lot of the stuff would be what is considered, I guess, dated by today's standards. Um, so a lot of the other stuff kind of filled in the blanks, and and would kind of like work on stuff that that we thought we were, you know, that, that we wanted to do. But a lot of the actual grappling and wrestling um, by today's standards. Uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think I think it uh, really helped me long term um, and rounded me out. Right. But a lot of that stuff was considered uh, dated at the time. You know, it was stuff the guys were doing in the '60s and in the '70s and stuff like that. So when I did get out on the road and start traveling a little bit, you know, especially if uh, like one of my favorite examples was Amarillo, um, one of my favorite uh, referees down there, and he passed away a couple of years ago. But he used to work with like Dick Murdoch and stuff. So when we get down there and we start um, doing some of that old stuff, it's funny, like to the crowd, they really thought we were being innovative, right? Because stuff <laughs> they weren't used to seeing on TV. But, yeah. but then, um, yeah, uh, our buddy Bobby, you know, said he was a referee down there, and he uh, he would have a blast. He's like, man, I haven't I haven't seen that in 35 years. I haven't seen <laughs> that in 40 years, you know. So it was a lot of, a lot of fun doing some of that stuff, and of course trying to update it, make it our own. And present it in front of us. Making it your own, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, that's a big part of it. So, in the beginning, uh, what what kept you pursuing your your training? I mean, what what was that drive that kept you uh, showing up in those cold days? Oh man, this is just a thought to be, you know to, to get out there and be able to do it. You know, one day be like, you know, just like one day it kind of snapped in my mind. Like, holy shit, you know, I'm I'm becoming a pro wrestler you know i mean it's, i've been a fan of wrestling forever you know <laughs> i know man even from a fan's perspective just kind of going and just being a part of the atmosphere it's like it just makes my hair stand up you know it's like it's just something that i love to be around oh yeah i, I agree it, 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 that, that's never gone away from, from me um i mean there was a time where i guess i got a little bitter about some things and, and this and that but but at the end of the day, it kept calling me back. I mean, it's, it's something I, I can't see myself doing anything else. And and that we will definitely get to later. Um, all right, well, uh, let's move on a little bit. Uh, let's go to your first paid gig, uh, that first payday. Uh, where was it, and who was on the card? <laughs> Depends what you count as a payday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think I think the first time I wrestled, I got five bucks and a handshake. And, oh, man, well, I mean, I was, I was excited that, that I mean, it was first time i was going to actually wrestle in front of a, a paid crowd you know and it was yeah it was exciting man today it all you know all the hard work and you know, all the, the training and drills you put together at that point it doesn't matter um how many people are there or who it is or all those things you worry about now you know it it's right. like, like oh fuck how many people are out there that's just the dude oh are we going to sell any t-shirts none of that none of that shit mattered it was like oh shit i could just go out there and wrestle you know that was really cool 
from my experience with music, it's like once it's time to go, it's time to go. That It doesn't matter who's out there to see it. It's a really unique feeling. All that buildup, like you said, and all that anxiety going in and, and just blowing it off in that one moment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, I've had a little experience with both, like, with wrestling and music. I've, I've played in front of a bar full of rowdy people, and it's, it's a great time, you know? So how was how far was the drive to that first paid gig? How, what, what was the cruise like? I think that same drive I could make now in four hours, but I, I didn't know much about the region yet, so I, I, I think it's probably two and a four and a half or five hours to get there. So so that's a pretty good trek. I mean, we're talking a five hour drive for for five bucks, you know, oh, yeah. just so that the people just so that the people understand, like when you're sitting in the audience, you know, these guys that are breaking their backs for you, they're driving five or six hours for you know not even enough money to fill the tank oh yeah for sure you, i mean you gotta you gotta prove that you want it and it, that you belong there you gotta earn your spot the wrestling has always been this way it should be absolutely you gotta work for it otherwise you know what's the reason that you're there right yeah just let anybody do it if anybody could do it if they don't have the heart to do it long term you know especially you know if you're if if you're running a show and you're trying to build a town and those people that haven't earned their spots, you know, they'll, they'll take advantage of the fact that, and, and not respect the fact that, that you put time and effort into them without them earning their spot. You know, you don't know if they're going to be, if they're going to no-show you one day, if maybe you build this town around this one feud, and then this guy, he doesn't care if he shows up or not, if he's never earned the, the respect and earned the right to be there. You know, they might just roll out on you one day. It's not just a good old boys thing. It's, it's old school business technique essentially it's oh yeah hey, for sure. you know you're just starting out here you go we'll see you next time that's totally understandable right yeah for sure do you have any closing thoughts on that first uh that first ride back home that four hours by yourself after that first show for five bucks uh what 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 was on your mind uh my first thought i remember uh was because people were leaving and my car would not start like i turned the key and oh, there was no, no. <laughs> like there was no power at all. Like I was like, oh my god! I was like, oh. isn't this my fucking luck? You know what I mean? But <laughs> your your first show, dude. Yeah, and jumping into the show, there was like a there was like a short or something somewhere, and I wiggled the key and wiggled the steering wheel, and after after, in, you know, in my mind, I like to say it was fifteen or twenty minutes, but in, re- in reality, it probably wasn't that long. Maybe it was just a couple minutes. It fired back up, and then I, I, I breathed that sigh of, of relief, oh. and then, you know, got, got on the road, and it felt good. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Because that's what we want. We want rematches because this time, when we play the tune, it'll be loud and... to another exciting episode of the bottom rack or the bottom shelf bottom rack doesn't matter i'm daniel well my name's daniel my friends call me daniel so call me whatever you want and this is the bottom rack bottom shelf entertainment for your top shelf lifestyle <laughs> still working on that anyway 
I have watched a crappy movie. I say that with love, but it's probably it's hence the beautiful name. It's the name of the show as brilliantly displayed in the title credits, the bottom shelf, bottom rack, whatever. That's where I get my movies from. Well, I am also an unapologetic Asylum fan, and I think I have seen the Asylum's best film yet. That's correct. For a while, well, let's see if things started real quick. I'll be brief with this. The Asylum makes mockbusters. Now, we know what mockbusters are. They are transmorphers. They are the movies that come out whenever, like, a big name, AAA, or especially the way Hollywood is lately, AA movie comes out. And uh, the Asylum makes lower-budget facsimiles of the same premise of the movie. And you would generally find these in the discount rack at Kmart, but Kmart wasn't really discounted, so their prices were still pretty astronomical. But anyway, that's the Asylum. They have made a name for themselves. I actually really admire them. I mean, they have that guerrilla filmmaking style like Full Moon, only the Asylum has, I mean, they have CGI and... B G J because it's not really as good as CGI. <laughs> it's not lowercase CGI. It's not the full capital. It's not that good. Some of the stuff's good. Some of the movies are fun. The concepts are great. I mean, seriously, Roger Corman, that whole style of filmmaking. It is. It's nice to see that his legacy lives on in the asylum. Well, they have been known to <laughs> maybe not have some really good movies. Maybe stinkers would be a nice way of putting it. I love them. I've been on a couple of episodes of some other podcasts where we talk about it. The Asylum carries the torch of what I call shitty movie Sunday. And that's not because the movies are shitty, even though sometimes they are. It's I say that with love. Anyway, that out of the way. I am a big Asylum fan. For the longest time, I have considered the Asylum's greatest film achievement in a... Oh, excuse me. I have considered the Asylum's greatest achievement is Z Nation. And that show is fun. That show, and I'm not splitting hairs with the whole Walking Dead versus Z Nation. They're both completely different animals, even though they're the same style, the same genre. Well, they're not the same style. But... You know, and I love both. However, there is season two, episode one of Z Nation is quite possibly some of the best filmmaking I have seen from the asylum. And I say that to tell you that the movie I just watched might quite possibly be the asylum's best film. All right, now, hold on. I know you were just be like, oh, damn, dude. fixing to veer off of traffic, head careen into oncoming traffic, going to make your own Asylum Michael Bay facsimile film. Let's hold up there <laughs> for just a second. I watched Nazi Overlord. And let's preface this with certain things that if you just want to get in the mind of Daniel, certain things that I love, certain things that work together, the, just the mood there's something about the styles and they just work perfectly together. For instance, Sherlock Holmes and the Cthulhu mythos or mythos, however you want to pronounce it, or Sherlock Holmes and insert your paranormal instances. Okay. They just, they work really. And I'm not talking like, well, it was, you know, the Mr. Magruder, the gardener the whole time, like Scooby-Doo. And no, I'm talking about like you take Sherlock Holmes and put him in actual peril and paranormal situations with Demons, dead things, Mikey. That really works. Uh, another one that I love is like the Weird West. Those that really works too. 
but another one and it never gets old and it's just really wonderful is nazis and occult and blatant satanic imagery and things like that and, and wolfenstein there you go there's even and i the, like i referring to the old wolfenstein the new wolfenstein was really cool wolfenstein the new order it was incredible that whole diesel punk feeling but like the old wolfenstein wolf 3d and stuff that you know incorporates a little more of the supernatural element zombies you got nazi zombie monsters play call of duty and you got the little zombie mini game probably the best instance of that whole nazi zombie monsters mood with blatant overt satanic imagery and just really freaking cool is that game nazi zombie army i love that game it looks kind of like resident evil play like resident evil 4 that over the shoulder move plays like gears of war but it's world war ii with nothing but pentagrams and glowing eyed zombie monsters nazi zombie monsters okay i have bored you enough with that to tell you that i watched nazi overlord maybe you've heard of this little movie that came out called overlord I review it as Stuart Gordon's Wolfenstein the movie. It might be my favorite movie since The Void. I love it. That movie was fantastic, but this isn't about Overlord. This is Nazi Overlord. <laughs> this is the Asylum's answer to the movie Overlord. Nazi Overlord. And let me run through the brief IMDB here real quick for you. day rescue mission turns ugly when a band of allied soldiers battle with horrific experiments created by the Nazis. See, you've got me. All right. As I like to do with this, let's take a look at the cover art because they're going to give us a promise. Okay, they're, they're, they're telling us something, and we're going to find out if this movie delivers on that promise. So, on the cover of Nazi Overlord, you've got Nazi and Overlord, <laughs> and a nice little swastika right there in the O. That's just good for provocateurs. Yeah. <sighs> Experience the horror of war. What I like this is because already they've shown you what this movie's about. You've got Nazi Overlord swastika with a skull in the clouds in the background. You've got a castle. Okay, and in the foreground, you've got four military dudes with Tom Sizemore right there in the middle. Now, when I was watching this, I was like, holy crap, this is a zombie movie, like right off the bat. And I was like, no, nope, that's just Tom Sizemore. <laughs> Man, it's kind of sad. He's seen better days. I mean, I'm not talking about it. It's just kind of shocking. But anyway, it's got Tom Sizemore. So as I told you, it's a D-Day rescue mission. These dudes are sent in. There's a, and I'm going to bounce around with this so I don't spoil this while also trying to give you an idea of what the movie is about. The team is just there. There's a team of U.S. soldiers, and it's pretty much parroting overlord and they're sent in to the nazi mansion to the mansion the rescue mission to try to get some of their teammates out and there's your premise you have your typical tropes that they'll throw at you um and nowhere near in any of this is it any is it nearly as good as overlord but it is still good the acting's kind of on point um <laughs> there were some things of you know like like i said the acting is really good um the set pieces are fantastic like this is like i said all right i know i'm rambling here and i'm trying not to because i'm really excited about this and i'm loving it in one year we've gotten two 
Nazi zombie monster movies. I mean, this is great because Wolfenstein, that's just near and dear to my heart. It, and this movie is cool. It's close to that premise and not quite. It just veers away because it's the asylum. But so I want to just preface that, that I did enjoy the movie. Um, <laughs> but you could see creases in the Nazi flag <laughs> in the courtyard where they just went to a flea market and bought it from some dude <laughs> in a booth in the flea market. That was great. <clears throat> the set pieces, though, are really cool. Like their castle, the I guess they call them establishing shots or whatever. There's a castle in the background, and it's immediately what you th what I thought is Wolfenstein. And if that's not what you thought, you need to play Wolfenstein. <laughs> the music, kind of like any Asylum film now, the music is great. Like the music is really good in that it's got that. Call of Duty slightly Mick Gordon style to it. And again, they're going for that Wolfenstein feel, but you know, the usual Medal of Honor, Call of Duty, inspirational type stuff. It, the music is excellent. And the music usually is in an asylum film. If anything, that's going to be probably the best thing about it is going to be the music. Uh, the gore is okay <laughs> when it's used it's a mix of practical and cgi gore the problem is is you can really tell when it's the cgi gore is so it yeah i mean it is what it is take it or leave it this it's, it's an asylum film you pretty much know what to expect there's one scene <laughs> where the dude gets blown up with a grenade but there's just off it's, uh, that was pretty funny it was cute it made me chuckle it's nice it reminded me that i was watching an asylum film <laughs> um I've said, I'm, I'm reading bulleted notes here just to let you know, this is one of Asylum's better movies. I've said that for It might be their best, actually. I enjoyed watching it. They have to go in as a rescue mission, and I'm kind of fuzzy, and please forgive me, because I watched it like last week or something, and so much crap's been going on, I, I might forget, but they have to rescue, I think they're going in to rescue the female doctor, and they're buddies their friends are okay that's what it is yeah they're going in to rescue the daughter and their friends have already been captured previously in the film i'm not going to spoil it you just need to watch it so they end up being captured themselves by a pretty blatantly <laughs> obvious reason and i'm not going to go into that the main character's dude's name is captain rogers i'm thinking that might be just a wink wink nudge nudge knowing homage to captain america and you know what <laughs> okay i'm good with it and uh yeah, I, I had to mention that before to stress that this is quite possibly the best Asylum film yet. It had a really, really cool twist ending. It was really cool that I didn't see the twist. And it, and I'm not saying I'm anybody special. It was just really cool. When they do a movie like this when you watch the movie and they hit you with that twist ending and you didn't see it coming. They did their job. And through and through, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> if you, I mean, for the curious, you know, you can go on IMDb and look up the rating. I mean, it's going to have like one star or whatever, but I enjoyed this movie. So let's go back to the cover art. Did this cover deliver the promise? Okay. We've got Nazi overlord with a skull in the storm clouds. Not really. Was there a castle? Yes. By golly, there was a castle. There were woods. There was a castle. There were machine guns and M1 Garands. There were Tommy guns, BARs. They had all of that. Did Tom Sizemore take part in any of this action? No, he did not. Uh, and I kind of 
say thankfully he did not because from the way he looked on camera he really didn't have any business being in daylight uh, <laughs> it was it man been, we have a term whenever i was wrestling because it's been a hard couple of months i mean tom sizemore he looked like raven when he came into wcw for that little flashbacks to like coming back you know with raven returns and it was like, dang, who are those dudes? And it's like, nah, that's just Raven. It's like one guy. And it's like, whoa, yeah, it was, it's been a hard couple of months. It's been rough. Nazi Overlord. Uh, watch it. Like, seriously, I think you would enjoy it. Pay money for it. That's up to you. <laughs> that's up to you. I mean, that's, you know, one thing after that, if you got nothing else to do or whatever, if you find out on Amazon Prime, watch it. I, if you if you are this far into this podcast, we probably had the same tastes. Nazi Overlord, I like it. It's a good film. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, I will return. This is the portion of the show where I allow my guests to shamelessly show the fuck out of my audience. What? You have so many things that are constantly going on, or you have done. What do you want to show? What do you? Where can people find you on the yeah. internet if you want them to fucking find sure, you? Sure. And where can they buy <laughs> your amazing music? Which at the end of the episode, hopefully, we're going to be able to play some brand new fucking music from which band are you putting some new stuff out with? Uh, uh, so uh, I have a I have a death metal project that's. Uh, it's a solo project. It's just me. I play all the instruments, sing, and I and I recorded the damn thing myself too. Uh, it's called Syrictus, S Y R I C T U S. Um, and uh, yeah, so I had put out an EP for that about a year and a half ago. Yep, which and is I, on Bandcamp, which is yep. awesome. Oh, thank you, fans of every. If you listen to Astro Radio Z, you know I'm a huge death metal fan. We play it all the time on this show, yeah. and I've actually played Northless on the show nice. in the past. True story. Northless is at the end of my fucking movie hole in the wall. wall. Yep, yep. Which, thank you very much, by the way. <laughs> so, so you you absolutely should go to Bandcamp and and pick up the EP. But yeah. this new one, the new one's coming out on uh, on uh, February twenty sixth, twenty nineteen. Uh, twenty sixth, twenty third. It's a Tuesday. Whatever the tw- it's a Tuesday. Twenty sixth or twenty third. Whichever one's whichever yeah. one's a Tuesday. Um, yeah, it's going to be digitally available, and then uh, a cassette, and then I'm self releasing a. A CD. The cassette will be uh, through a label called Night Rhythms. Uh, Isn't it funny that we're releasing cassettes again? Do you, you know, how do you feel about that? I don't know if you noticed downstairs. I have a I have a collection of cassettes. Yes, I know. Uh, not anything. You know what? The thing about do you my actually listen though, to those? I do. Um, the thing about cassettes, you know, and I'll just be brief on this. I had a shit ton. I had a great collection. Yeah, yeah. Thirty, almost thirty years, and mine got some of them got destroyed in a move okay some of them got uh just worn out like literally i, I wore out I'll, I'll be embarrassing here i wore out my copy of pantera far beyond driven i listened to it like a thousand times when i was like a kid <laughs> so i literally wore out i did that with death individual thought patterns same thing Fuck um, yeah, dude. Wore them all out. to be honest and this is a total aside that i'm totally cutting you off for yeah i have had symbolic in my car nice. for three months straight that's right great now. i don't know why i've been on such a huge death symbolic oh yeah lately. i listened to uh sound of perseverance every day for like a solid month not that long ago you know and just you get in those kicks you yeah, know what i mean totally, man. i'm sure that tons of riffs off that record i bit really hard on the new cyrictus because i think it was around the same time i was still finishing up the writing um but anyways um 
that's coming out that's available uh and then i uh let's see what else can i show well so i'm in a band called northless um and uh shit by the time this comes out it'll probably be announced we got a new drummer uh so we're gonna start working on some more new music and we've been Sweet. around 11 years so you can go back through all that and listen to you know our, i would say pick up our last record uh last bastion of cowardice it's on Bandcamp, and um i have their cds and tapes and vinyl all that available so please pick that up if you if you like heavy sludge metal kind of it's fucking amazing thank you appreciate that i'm i'm partial not I, just because i'm okay. your friend but because i genuinely love that fucking well, band. Th- thank you man i appreciate that <laughs> And then I also play drums in a death metal band called Ara, A-R-A, um, and it's more or less just me and my friends jamming. You know, my friend writes all the music, and I just jam, and, and we're good pals, and I love playing drums, and I'm, in a, you know, I love being busy. So we have a new record for that coming out pretty soon, and that's uh, we're on a label now after seven years, finally. Awesome. And, you know, have um, the, the guy uh, who did the cover art for, I think, every Hate Eternal release, Cantor. He's doing the art in the new record, and, uh, and uh, it's i've only seen you excited about it i'm really excited about it you know i'm excited you know to get what we paid for finally and <laughs> and uh and have the art and uh, and the label's really pushing it and they're re-releasing our last record which didn't have very wide distribution yeah. um so i'm really excited about that i don't have any idea when that's going to be out but it will be this year so um if you feel like checking out new music please track down those three bands on facebook we're on facebook we're on Bandcamp. um you know please uh add us and, and check them out so. awesome i think that's about i think it's about everything i'd have to shill um I, you can find me and you know don't please don't add my personal account because i'm a really really a big shut-in and uh, weirdo and you don't want to see anything i write uh but uh you can find me on on instagram uh the necropolitan n-e-c-r-o-p-o-l-i-t-a-n all one word necropolitan the necropolitan i'm on i'm on instagram you can see i post every week just new movies i have or i'm watching and uh, weird random shit so you can go and follow me on there um that's public and you can see all the new bullshit that i'm uh into at the yep. moment so well you're also a part of if uh you're listening i don't know how i know there's a lot of cross bleed between my other podcasts now that i consolidated after the first time i ended astro radio z um i started another podcast called all the gimmicks and i started the group all the gimmicks eric's in there he yep. posts videos when it comes to 31 days of horror eric is posting the weirdest shit possible Trying in there to. so you could find him in there as well so yeah, absolutely i'm around he's so. around <laughs> so thanks for hopefully this we we do this a lot more yeah i absolutely want to and i and i definitely like you know like you said i would i think this is going to be a segment and i'm going to try to really you know find the weirdest shit i can i hope so i'm looking yeah. forward to it because yeah. before we even started recording this i was down in the vhs dungeon <laughs> which is what i'll officially call it from now on yeah um <laughs> and we got lost for like 20 minutes just looking at tapes and yeah. talking about them tons of random stuff and i keep you know even though i'm pretty much out of room i still pick up stuff on the regular that's, and that's how we are man i'm a you know i'm not a hoarder of much I, if you look at my house it's pretty bare bones but one room of my basement is really uh, gluttonous, gluttonous, and and over the top and um, hedonistic. I might even go as far as to say but that's hey, all of us. That's the room we've wanted since we were kids. Mm-hmm. Took me just took surrounded me. by fucking videotapes. We wanted. Yep. I when I was a little kid, I wanted to live in the horror section of oh, my video store. Same, yeah, same. That's what, and that's what I. I wish, I wish that you know my room looked a little better just more organized more organized well and had, you you've know. gotten out of, it's gotten out of control now it's, it is yeah. it has a life of its own at this it does point. and when i move someday which i will uh into a different house i will have a room that's gonna look 
exactly like a video store because that's what I want. And I don't care if it, the year is <laughs> 2050 and I'm like, you know, 60 years old or something. And like people are going to be like, do these tapes even work anymore? And I'll be like, probably not. I don't give a fuck. But I can look at these. I can I'm, sit here and look at them. I can remember what it was like when I was 13 years old, renting, facing, renting Faces of Death and, you know, being like, oh, this shit is great. And, you know. <laughs> Being a fucking little weirdo and All you know the memories. They're, yeah. they're most normies. They have these amazing memories. You know, yeah. I, I took the family and we went to the Caribbean and we, yeah. we sat on the beach and we did all of this. And I, you yeah. know, where did you go? Oh, we went to France. Let's like when I go when I'm on shoots with with uh, commercial clients, I yeah. always hear conversations in the back like, well, what. A trip do you have planned next? Oh, it's like, God. well, I'm going to France for a couple of weeks, and here we are going. Oh man, I just want to sit here and look at my VHS copies <laughs> right. collection. Yeah. I just want to remember the first time I saw Faces of Death Two, and that and that, and that <laughs> oh, guy bungeeing himself to death. Oh, know? oh, the <laughs> memories of me renting Traces of Death at sixteen. <laughs> right, right, or like, yeah, right, exactly. Or the first time I saw Madman, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Oh well. Thanks for listening, folks. This has been another episode of Astro Radio Z. I can't tell you what's going to be on the next episode because I have no fucking idea. You'll have to tune in and find out. So uh, have a good one. You can find Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, Tune in and anywhere that podcasts are found. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and email us questions, concerns, or just general chatter at astroradiozpodcast at gmail.com. You want to hear more than just the regular show? Go over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash all the gimmicks and get not only bonus episodes of ARZ, but other podcasts like All the Gimmicks and the podcasts at Orgy Castle, all for the low price of $1 a month. Coming from me, Derek Carey, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time, Astro Zombies. Zombies.